Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder back once again with another episode of the Smoking Joe Thunder podcast, bringing you the latest and greatest in hip hop and cannabis news from Denver, Colorado, to all over the motherfucking world. Shout out to Be Good Dispensaries, our official sponsor. You know, and man, just we're on all platforms, bringing you bangers, constant content every week. So make sure you subscribe, you like, tell a friend, and all that good shit. But we got another banger for you today, man. I don't even know where to start with this guy. Like I was saying before, this guy got bars for days. Like bit. this is this is a, a <laughs> this is a real MC right here. We're gonna see That's at the end, up. but I got the homie Ozma in the house, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be here. Oh yeah, thanks to... for coming, man. Like I haven't seen you in a minute. I it's seen been... you about a, what a month ago. Time be flying, bro. Yeah, yeah. time does be flying. Cause I haven't I haven't seen you in like thirteen plus years, it's, maybe it's longer been than that, that. Long, like even I saw something today. Shout out to um, Francois, it's his birthday, man, and I was like, Francois, <laughs> I was just at your birthday party last year when Tash played mm. at the Bar Red, and we went afterward. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was like, it was just like yesterday, bro. Like, yeah, it's been a fine, minute. Bro. It's been a minute, and I wouldn't have seen you if it wasn't for him doing a show at Status Spot, you know, over at Bar Red. So and this is your son, Holiday? yeah, my son Holiday. Yeah, he, he so. didn't want a mic. He's playing low you know? key. You know what I mean? <laughs> But um, yeah, man. Well, thank you for doing the show, Holiday, because it brought your dad out. Yeah, because like I hadn't. Because like to be honest, I hadn't been out in any of the uh, any shows. I haven't been in any venues. I haven't, you know, been doing anything like that. Like I uh, been the, the I, what they call recluse. Yep, I disappeared for a second. I mean, especially with COVID. Shit got well. You know, I was I, I kind of disappeared a little bit before that. You know, what I'm saying like I was I was a wild child. Um, but like yeah, I kind of stepped away from it, and I hadn't been like in. In any venues, I would see people doing shows and stuff like that, but I didn't ever, I just kind of chill back, man. I had, I had other things happening. Hey, sometimes you got to do that, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? We all kind of do that. I took a little, I got to, you know how it's usually with the chick. You get yeah. a chick and you go missing for a couple, you know, yeah. months, maybe a year, maybe a couple yeah, of years. I think, I think part of it was, I, you know, we lost a lot of people. I lost a lot of family members. My brother um, had gotten killed and my best friend oh, sorry had committed that, suicide. So, like... Yeah, so I had to I had to fall back from a lot of things, man. And plus, I just realized how fucking toxic I was. Man, <laughs> I was I was going through up. some things, right? You didn't so, have no you didn't have no what they call it no avenue to release that shit. Been nah, building up for how many years, bro? For a long fucking time, a long time. You know what I mean? You're lucky yeah. you're a strong motherfucker because, like, real talk, like, you know, I don't wish on anyway, but most motherfuckers probably done, you know. Fold. Like, yeah, the, exactly. crazy, the crazy thing, it, yeah, bro. they fold. They fold for real. And I, I ain't even going to front. Like, for people who know me, they know they know the shit that I've been through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of them cats to be like, to make up some shit, right? I don't have to make up shit. I'm not going to be like, yeah, guess what? I did this and did that. Like, nah, everything, <laughs> everything that I've been through and everything I've done is receipts for that shit, so. You know, and it just sucks because, like, you know, you go through life um, thinking that thinking that you're doing everything the way it's supposed to be done, but you're only doing it because of how you were taught, right? And through right. tradition, we do so many stupid fucking things because we think that this is how it's, it's supposed right to way. be done. And then you get to a point, you're like, damn, I don't wasted so much time, right? Like, For I wasted real. so much time and energy in something that didn't benefit me But the at key all. is learning from all that shit, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause you know, but like you said, sometimes that shit just goes south too. You know. Yep, that's it. It's to learn, you know, and that was my thing. I just had to figure it out and and step away. You know, it was hard because I I ended up, um, you know, having a lot of success with the bands that I was in after right. I stopped doing like the underground style shit. But I had a lot of success, but 
there was shit that was happening that I was like, yo, if I leave out of the country the way that I am right now, I'm not going to make it. Right. Right? I'm not going to make it. And I knew it. Well, shit, we're glad you're here, brother. So, you know what I mean? What's up, man. You made it, and we're still trucking. And that's you got, what's up. You got a son right here that's going to yeah. continue. You know what I mean? He's doing this thing, man. I keep telling him that, that I, I'm trying to get him to do a show. Mm-hmm. You know, we do one big-ass show, rock the stage together. You know, that would be the one reason that I would come back and actually do, like, a whole full show was with him. Right. But if it was anybody else, I don't think I would do a whole full show. Gotcha, gotcha. I'd come up there freestyling some shit, but <laughs> right. not, like, a whole, whole. Because, like, I, I, I figured out after being with George and being around George and them and doing shows with them cats, like, what the show looks like. Right. <laughs> what it should be, right? What it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Well, shit, man, let's start at the beginning, man. Where'd you kind of grow up? Where you, you're kind of, you said, raised a little bit everywhere. Yeah, man, but uh, when I, I was actually born in Globeville. Okay. I was born in the Globeville Projects um, in that bottom room, that, that first floor. By the floor. center, right? I know where you're talking yep. about, top of the hill by the Salvation yep. Army. Yep, right over there by, uh, what was that place? Larridan Hall. Okay. Well, Larry House, it's, it's like close to Swan. It's close to Swan. Yeah, here. that's where I'm from. Yeah, oh, I'm so from the other side yeah, you're from the other side of the tracks, literally, yeah. right? The yep. Other side of the railroad tracks. <laughs> but yeah, I grew, I, that's where I was born. I was literally born in that project room, um, and I and, and I didn't see a hospital for like three or four, maybe five days, and that's that's why where, where, where I came from, you know, in that that environment, man. How long did you kind of stay in Glowville? Or, or, or you said you guys moved around a lot, huh? Um, yeah, uh, we stayed in Glowville um, till I was about like five, um, maybe four or five, and then we moved uh, to Lakewood, and we moved like over off of uh, Newland Square. It's like off of Pierce, um, over by Casa Bonita. Okay. So we lived over there, and um, yeah, that's where. Some ill shit happened. Right. You, know? you were saying, like, you had it rough growing up. Yeah, it was pretty shitty. <laughs> Man. It wasn't the best. Like, so in, in Newland, that's what, uh, Newland, um, when I turned about seven years old, that's when my pops, like, left me on the corner and just literally. Did. Literally. Yeah, him and my mom was having an argument, man. It was like, you know, arguing back and forth. And she was like, get the fuck out, blah, blah, blah. I remember that much. And then I was like, well, I'm coming too. And he was like, pack your shit. So I went and got all these Safeway bags, threw all my shit in them, tied mm-hmm. them up and shit, ran down with all my hands full with them, um, threw them in the car, went and sat and waited in the car while they finished arguing and shit. And then uh, and then um, he came out and he was like, you need to go say bye to your mom and shit, right? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, right? I'm flooring it, bam, 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 running all the way to the house. Bye, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> that was my car, like, bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> And then I uh, went back out, and when I went back out to where the where it was parked at, all my shit was just on the curb. Oh, damn. Right? Like, all the shit was just on the curb, and he was out. So I went to the end of the street and then ran down to see, like, if I catch him or see, yeah. if maybe he just was, like, going to get some gas or some shit. Like, any, uh, any stupid-ass logical, uh, illogical reason, that's what I went to go look for, right? Did you ever see your dad after that, or was nah, that the last time you ever seen that him? That was it. Damn. That was it. Last time I ever, that's the last time I ever heard from him. Have you ever, like, had any, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but try to find him or reach out or now nah, you're good? Look, when I was younger, that was that would have been a thing, but after he left, so many fucked up things happened, right? Because he like, wasn't there. Because he wasn't there, right? So, like, motherfuckers came out the woodworks. I mean, abuse and just terrible shit. My mom's was doing her thing and... Yeah, it was fucked up. 
You know what I'm saying? So, like, once I, I, I was just trying to survive and kind of navigate through the situations that we was going through, you know, and it was fucked up. So then from that point, we moved across Colfax over to uh, still, on, still, like, off of Pierce, but off of Quay Street. You know, my mom got Section 8. We moved into this, tri- this little duplex. Yeah. So we thought we was, like, rich. I didn't know what the fuck Section 8 was at the time. I was like, I was like, we rich. <laughs> nah, we wasn't rich. We was just on Section 8, and, and we acted like it. Right. You were saying kind of like once your dad left, that's when kind of like a lot of just bad things start happening in your life, right? Yeah. You said you had cops trying to plant drugs on you guys. Yeah, that didn't just, that didn't happen till, till That was way later? That didn't happen till Aurora. So when we moved to the one big thing that happened when we moved to the other side of, of uh Colfax over off of Quay Street um, was one night. Now, by then, I'm about 10 years old. Um, and I hate asking this all the time, man, but I don't know, like, grades, bro. How old are you in 10? When you're 10, how old? What grade I are you in? I don't fucking know. Like, when you're 10. I'm like, 18, <laughs> when you, when you're 10, 18 is a senior, when you, <laughs> so, so it depends on how damn yeah. smart you are now. Yeah, true uh, that. And how, and how soon your family started you in school. Are you in middle school? So, probably, no, I was still in elementary okay, when I was 10. Elementary, yeah, I was okay. still in elementary. I was probably in uh, maybe, like, fifth grade or something like I gotta that. I got to figure this out. I'm going to do That's my job. Fifth, yeah, I was in I was fifth grade, fourth grade. I don't know, but there was a night that we were out, and you know we wasn't supposed to be out, but we was out, and uh, you know we're we're rolling and running around just being stupid ass kids. So this pickup truck comes driving by and uh, sees us, right? And I'm with one of my one of my my uh, best friend at the time. His name was Andy, and um, he he actually committed suicide a year ago. I didn't find Man. that out until until like a couple months ago, but. Um, yeah, he, uh, we was out chilling, him, me, and two girls, um, and then uh, this car, this truck comes rolling by, and uh, they're like, you know, said some shit to us. We're like, fuck you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because we, we you, you know, you can't, you can't say some shit to some 10-year-olds in front of girls and think that they're not going to be like, fuck you. Right. We're tough, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> so they spun back around, and I was like, yo, everybody, y'all need to, we need to run. Like, they for real. They about to come back. Mm-hmm. So when they did, I'm like trying to hide over at this bush and shit, and everybody else is like running down the street. And then, um, were you they, big back then or no? What's that? Are you a big kid? Um, not yet. I was okay. almost. I, I was not yet. I was. I was transitioning to becoming a fucking beast at the time, okay. but I was still kind of, kind of small and timid and shit, you know. Um, but they spun back around, saw me, and then got out the car and like fucking nigger. You know, you fucking yeah. nigga, this and that. Grown ass men got out their shit, started reaching for shit in the back of the truck, um, rolled up on me and just started fucking me up. Damn. Like just beating the dog shit out of me. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I could think of was I can't fall on the fucking ground. Right. Like don't fall, right? Like cause I see cause I see motherfuckers get jumped in the projects. Yeah. So I was like, don't fall don't do not fall on the ground, that's right? The last and thing you so that's do. the last thing you want to do is fall. Um and that's when the boots and everything start kicking in. So like I just like just jumped, took off running, you know, screaming and shit, hollering. I get to the house and my uncle supposed to be rolling 30s crip, right? Right. I get in the house, I'm like, man, uncle, crying and shit. These motherfuckers is out there, there's white boys that beat me up, this and that. He's like, where, where? So he look out there, shuts the door, locks the door, grabs all of us, takes us down into the motherfucking laundry room, locks the door in the laundry room, turns off all the fucking lights and be like, shh. Be quiet. <laughs> my older brother, man, my older brother, man, you know, was like me and him 
had a relationship that was real weird, but he was my, he was my he was my dude, man. He was down for you. Yeah, and he was only a couple years older than me. He was like, "Fuck this shit." He was like, "We ain't staying in here." So we so the the laundry room's connected to the garage, right? Mm-hmm. So he opens the garage. He gives me like a pickaxe, and he has some fucking shovel. I don't even know. All I know is we had some shit and some sho- some tools. Yeah. And we mobbing out the garage, and I'm still crying. He was like, "Quit acting like a bitch." He was like, "Quit crying like a bitch." He was like, "You ain't dead." And I was like, "Oh, oh okay." So we mobbing down Pierce over in Edgewater and like Wheat Ridge area, looking for these, looking for him, right? Like literally looking for him, and then. He was like, uh, you know, we walked for like an hour or something just around the vicinity and wherever we could be at. And then as we're walking, he was like, uh, he was like, don't you ever let nobody ever beat your ass again. Right? Yeah. That was it. That was it at that point. That's when I started. That's when I started like learning, like all, like really being into figuring out how to fight. Like, like that was it. You know what I'm saying? I knew how to fight, uh, like to fight because we was in the projects, but like at that point, I was like, I figured out the, like how to really throw down. How to whoop some. And that ass. was it. Because after that, I was like, this should have never happened again. You know what I'm saying? Like it won't. You know. So that shit was fucked up. It was. It was such oh. a turning point because it, it was like this moment of um, like even though all this shit was happening, I was like carefree still. You know what I'm saying? Right, but you're at still that, like I don't like innocent. You, a, like, a little bit. I still had the idea the, that that I was still at that point. I still I had the idea that I was still a kid. Right. right. When that shit happened, yeah, I, there was no kid in me. It was over. Right. That whole fucking concept was done. You know. But also, I was I was like grocery shopping for my family at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, having to cook and, and sign permission slips and shit for them, shit like that. Like I was. It was weird, man. It was a weird fucking time. So you're you know? kind of you know playing the adult too, right? Yeah, all the time. And but at that, you know, before that happened, I was still I still had the mentality that like, like there was some hope. You know what I'm saying? There was some hope that I could still like salvage some part of this little childhood shit. But right. It was but wild, man. That kind of didn't last too long, right? Hell no, it didn't last long at all, <clears throat> because um, you know, one of the one time my brother out there because we were going to um at that point we were going to lumberg elementary and we were the only black kids in the school oh shit man only black kids in the school and my brother was a hothead man i mean he was he was a project kid like for real he was fucking motherfucker off and he and he loved quick. that shit right he loved the yeah. idea of being this ghetto ass dude like he embraced the shit out of it um, he loved it, and so it didn't work where we was at. Nah, not they had all. a they had a back to school night, and uh, he got drunk somewhere else, and he's walking down the street with a bat and his fucking shirt unbuttoned, right? And he walking down the street, and there's really not any black people in this neighborhood at all, right? So, right. all the white people are freaking out because my brother, you know, he he got he to a point. Yeah, he was he was he was tall. You know what I'm saying? He was super tall, so he looked grown and shit. So he come walking. <laughs> He's walking down the street and uh, people are saying shit to him. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out or, you know, families are coming and going and leaving. And somebody calls the police. They're like, oh, my God, there's this black man outside with a bat, you know. And so the police come and they're like, put the bat down. Put the bat down, hey! And he's like, "Fuck y'all!" He's like, "Y'all gonna have to shoot me, motherfuckers!" Like literally, my brother's he's only on pro- he was <laughs> he was not playing. Um, so they rough him down to the ground, you know, handcuff him. Realize that he's only you know like he was only two years old to me, so he's only twelve. 
And then, you know, finally called my mom and all this shit, and, and, you know, he goes to the house. But after that, the school started treating us all different. Right. Right? The the administration started treating us pretty bad. You guys are all, had always saying, like, the other night, like, almost like getting blackballed. Like, yeah, you guys that, already had a bad rep. But that was the first yeah. time that happened out of school, right? That ain't even talking about when we moved to Aurora. <laughs> so from that point, we had to move. We had to leave because we... Um, you can't really take little black kids from the projects into an apartment, into like a duplex in a rich ass neighborhood and put them on section eight and think that they're going to take care of that shit. Right. It was not happening. It didn't happen. We was too rough around the edges for that. Um, so then we moved to Aurora. So that's when we moved to Aurora and, uh, that's when shit turned up even more. Did you think it was going to get better moving to Aurora or no? Um, you thinking like maybe a new change or new start? I, I think anytime you move, you think that. You know, and especially as, as a you know when you're a kid and you're young, you all, you automatically think like you're going to something better. You don't think of bad shit. Yeah, now nah, you not right off the top. Yeah. You don't. You you know when you move, you like yeah, you know unless it's a unless it's a drastic move. You know what I'm saying unless it's like in the middle of the night type shit. You know right. you know that that something's wrong and that wherever you're moving to is not going to be that much better right. than where you're running from. <laughs> you know. So what was it like in Aurora then? You start going to school, but starting to meet a bunch of new people. Are you, are you like... Aurora was... Uh, when we got to Aurora, we, we moved into a place called Summer Song. When we get to this place, there's all these black kids, you know what I'm saying? And we had just been living around a bunch of white kids. And we get there, there's a bunch of black kids acting like they're hard. Right. And so we was like, huh, huh, interesting. <laughs> right? Because they was really playing like they was hard. So they, yeah. would, be, they, they would say shit like, we about to do this or we're going to do that. And they wouldn't do it. And then we'd be like, we'll do it. Right? right. So we was like already living wild because we were being told from a young age that, you know, um, you ain't going to live to see this age. Right. You ain't going to live to be that old. So like we were living wild. Like, wild as yeah. So you let me t- this for anybody listening. Don't ever, ever fucking tell a kid that. Oh, for sure. Right. Don't say, oh, well, the way you're acting, you only have this much time. Right. Because what they're going to do is they're rewiring their brain as you tell them that shit. And they're about to go off. Either they're going to they're going to do one of two things. They're going to wild out to the extreme or they're going to fall back and become the most introverted, off balance, off kiltered person who takes everything in and one day just snaps. Right. Right. Because they're afraid now. So either you either you instill fear in them or you make them fearless when you say shit like that. And so we were like, hey, well, since we're going to die soon, (laughs) we need to fucking live. (laughs) We got shit to do. You know, so there's all these cats trying to trying to act tough. And we just we really took over that neighborhood. It was like, nah, either either y'all going to roll with us how we rolling or or we're going to fuck with you every day that we see you. You know what I'm saying? And that was what it was. But what happened is that we realized how many of those kids had issues. Right. Mm. And parents, moms was there. Uh, boyfriends was there be abusing them. So when we found this kind of shit out. We used to beat up the, the boyfriends. That's what you were um, saying. Yeah, yeah, we literally would be like, look, we're going to go fuck him up. And they're like, well, what if you, who gives a fuck? We're going to fuck him up. He can't beat us all up. How many of them were, how many of them were y'all? So let me see. There was me, At my brother. Like so it's me, Painter Rashid, my sister, Diamond, um, my other younger brother, but he was too young. We, like, kept him out of so much shit because he was just way too young. But yeah. then there was my boy Wayne, my boy Ricky, Larry, Eddie, Eric. Uh, who else was there? There was so many other cats. This cat named Kelsey. All this stuff. There was, there was probably, like, 
a good 12 of us, right? Okay. A good little 12 handful. Um, and my boy Isaac, um, that ended up being my best friend, but then he also ended up committing suicide later on. Damn. Um, but, uh, yeah, we would, we, there was one time in particular that this cat came and, um, Wayne came and told us about his, uh, his, uh, mom's boyfriend that was fucking with him. And, um, and was he like beating him up or? Yeah, like- he was, he was like abusing him and telling him they'd fuck him up and all this shit. Little, yeah. little conk wearing motherfucker too. Yeah. Little conk with his hair way back with the wave nouveau type <laughs> shit. And I didn't like him because he just wore this dirty ass, like fucking, um, hoodie. I'm not, not a hoodie, but like a dirty ass, uh, wife beater. It was right. always dirty. I'm like, this dude, man. So we went to him one day and we was like, if you put hands on him again, right. Or if you yell at him or if you say anything, cause he ain't your son. We're going to fuck you up. <laughs> and of course, he's like, you little young ass motherfuckers, like, who you think you're talking yeah. to? You know what I'm saying? I'll whoop all y'all's asses. I was like, I'm telling you right now, like, if you do it again, just know that we're going to fuck you up. And that was real, right? That was it. And how long before y'all had to fuck him up? Two days. <laughs> Two days went by. And we come home, and uh, Wayne, I guess, had got home early or whatever. And we sitting in the front of my house, because that's where we hung out, was on my porch. He comes around the corner screaming and crying and shit, you know, and he was like, I'm like, what the hell happened? He's like, this motherfucker. Uh, uh. I was like, oh, I told him what was going to happen. Right. And so we spun around and my brother, like me and him was like always ready the, to do something. Were y'all stuff. the goons? Yeah, we was like, y'all whatever. The big tough guys, well, right? the, the problem the... was, is that we had been, we had been through so much and so many people had did us dirty and hurt us and that we were like, yo, we, we're not going to let this shit happen yeah. if we can, you know. So we come around the corner, and he's sitting on the on the stoop smoking a cigarette looking at us like, oh, y'all little niggas think y'all going to come? And yes, we beat the shit out of him. We beat his ass so bad that when his mom pulled up, she couldn't get us off him. Uh, she was going to call the police, and then finally um, there was a couple other neighbors that came and pulled us off, and uh, he got in his car and drove away. Did you ever ever see him again? Nah, he never. We never, never seen him, him again. But then a year later, Wayne let me know that he died of a heart attack. Oh damn! Because he was some other relationship and being abusive to somebody. I don't know if, if somebody like punched him in his chest and he died of a heart attack. But yeah, something bad happened. Man, and then you guys said, like you said, you started recruiting little cats too for your crew, huh? Yeah, we took all the underdogs, man. We took all the raggediest. We took the all raggediest. The rejects, like all the yeah, we were, we took all the people that that nobody wanted shit to do with, and I think that was a reflection of how we felt about ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we was like trying to make the best out of something. So that's when we, you know, I'm going to uh, pray middle school. That's when there was this cat, this counselor uh mr leverton and this other cat um mr youngquist and they were racist they treated us like shit right and then there was a cop named t.w allen right t.w allen for all y'all that know in aurora this cop was planting dope on 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 youngsters he he had he did some shit so it was so bad that one day i got in trouble i had to go to the court and there was a judge named uh, something Claire, something Reinquist or Renald or something like that. I have to find it. But she looks at my at my case and she's like, you know, um, what happened? And I'm telling her, I'm like, well, you know, we have racist teachers at this school that, you know, um, that fuck with us all the time. Right. Like our counselors are, are making it hard for us to even want to be at school. And so as she's like, she's like, who is we? And I start naming all my all the crew that we hang with she's looking at her paper and she's looking and the docket has all their names on it how am i how i know that 
Right. So right. she's like, how is he? Something's wrong. So then she's like, well, she's like, I have to, um, I have to dismiss this case and I have to remove myself from this case. She's like, because I'm actually friends with uh, Mr. Leverton. Right. I'm mm-hmm. friends with him. And Mr. Leverton is homies with T.W. Allen, who Mr. Youngquist is homies and they all golf together. Oh, Shucks. So this cat was the one that was like, like fucking with my brother every step of the way. My older brother, like every step of the way, he was fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? My brother was so like PTSD when it came to police that like, right? Like he he just he would just snap when they was around, you know. Um, and it was just bad. Which um, they she dismissed the case. <clears throat> she calls them into her office or into the chamber or whatever, and she's going off. You could just hear her cussing and shit and. Like, and then she came out and she's like, I apologize to you, this and that. She's like, I hope, uh, she's like, things will change for you at school and this and that. And did it change? No. No. No, it didn't change. It made you more of a target? It made me more of a target. And then the bad thing, here's what here's what's so fucked up, is that at that point, 1995, I think it was, is when that Martin Luther King parade was. Right, you are talking about the, the one with the KKK, yeah. right? Yep. So the mar- and so we didn't know. We all wake up in the morning because this was like a tradition that we would do, right? Mm-hmm. We would always go to the parade all the time, and meet it, uh, meet at the um, at the park, you know, at the at the park, city park. Yep. Meet at city park. Everybody would kick it, hang out. You know, they would do their little speeches. People would talk. You get rallied up, and you know, get your little stuff together, and then you would mob down and do the parade. This year, we're mobbing and we're walking down Colfax and I'm looking up and I'm looking at the damn rooftops and they got like FBI agents up there. They got people with cameras up there, you know, and I mean, it's not just on one roof. It's on every, every roof, man. Every roof that we're walking down, you can see them up there, right? And the closer we get to the Capitol, the more that we're hearing like, and we're like, what the, f-? right? And yeah. you can't really pick it all up because you have all the Marade stuff yeah, going on and the music and, and all that shit happening, right? And then finally, right when you start passing like Sherman and uh, you start passing, you know, you get like right over to the side of the Capitol and then you get ready to turn, you turn and the Capitol's gated off and up inside of the Capitol front steps is the KKK rallied up talking shit white power white power and they're going off and so you know that was what the setup was that's Mm -hmm. what all those cameras were and all that stuff was happening so at that point i've never felt that kind of energy in my life right right? and and i've been and at that's at this point we had been through some shit right um and the energy was so thick it was so full of hate, yeah, right? I, it was I, so. I bet your demeanor just changed. It, at like that point, that. like you, you know, you just stopped that whole festive idea that you had in your head Martin is Luther gone, King right? Gone. It's finished, and that so was... like now you're on edge because you have these cops who are now posturing against us before mm-hmm. anything even pops off, right? They're posturing against us, they're and they're you like the bad yeah, guys, they're treating us like we have an issue, right? KKK, yeah, protecting them, and they and they had them fenced off, so that lets you know, like right there what the what the what the thing was so the one thing that happened is that you know when a situation like that happens you have to have an agent provocateur Mm -hmm. so there's somebody in the crowd that has to start the shit off and it's usually somebody who's who's involved with the whole thing going down the way that it's going down in the first place right so whoever is doing it's not it's you it's not usually the ones in the crowd that started right Right. that's the opposition so here comes a snowball 
hits one of these grand wizards in the head, right? right. They start snow, throwing snowballs back. Then all of a sudden, all these black folks is like, you know, fuck the snowballs. They snatched the fence down. Fence gone. Right. Right. The fence, yoink. And then so like all this stuff is happening. White people who were involved in the parade are mm-hmm. now enemies. Right. All, of, all Just out of nowhere. Right. People just turn to like white folks. Oh, my God. Black folks. So black, the white people are afraid of black people. Black people are mad at the white folks. And it just it just intensified. So we watch them and they run them into this capital. They run them down to the bottom of the floor and they take them underground. This is when I found out that the capital is connected to almost has underground little tunnels yeah, to everywhere, there's, right? There's tunnels under Denver. Yeah, so there's a lot of them, right? And so because mm-hmm. we see them up at the capital, they go inside and then they disappear. Then we see them at the library, right? They come up at the library and they're putting them on, on the buses and they're shipping them off. I was like, huh? It's fucked up. They had an right? escape route and everything. So in the melee of all this, there is this this girl. I don't know where she came from or what 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 her if she was just she was just there. And some some dude, some crip, had these brass knuckles, mm-hmm. punched her in the face, mm. and she fell face first, pow, right on the ground. Yeah. My brother looks over and he sees her on the ground and just I don't know what was in his head, but he jumps up and he stomps on her head. Right? Like, just stomps on her head. Did Did your brother say he knew it was a female? or? Nah, he just, he just like, in the middle of all this was, shit's happening, people are swinging, people are fighting, yeah. cars are being tossed over. Like, it's a shit show, man. Yeah. I mean, like, a real-ass shit show. Like, the stuff you see on movies, it was for that real. Like, it was actually real. really happened. Tear gas everywhere, rubber bullets being shot. You know, um, people being thrown on the ground by the police. They even flipped over the pole. Like, if anybody has listened to this, look it up. It's I think it was 1995, yeah. but you'll find all that. Like, there was one video on YouTube that, like, showed a lot of it. Um, but, yeah, it's on there. Um, but, yeah, just out of nowhere, he did that shit. Long story short, everybody's looting. They run downtown, loot everything up. Here's the thing that, that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Out of all the stuff that was happening... Every single thing that was happening, the only thing they put on the front page of the newspaper was my brother. God damn. In the air, above the woman's head, which say, means- Say that again? In the air, the picture was of him in the air. Oh, about to like- kinda... About to stomp on her head. Oh, damn. Remember I told you all them cameras? Yeah. All them people, they, this was, this was, this is what they were doing, right? It sounds they, like it was planned the fuck it was, out. Like, I'm about to ask you when you're done, like what you- like what I think I'm hearing, you know what Listen, I mean? Listen, man, it was planned. Yeah. It was planned. I don't know why they did it, but it was planned. Um, but so we we go home. We cuz the buses are not the buses they're like the buses are not stopping. They're like, "Nah, especially if you're black, you ain't getting on a bus." And we lived in Aurora. <laughs> so we had to basically walk from downtown to Aurora Damn. off of Havana. You know what I'm saying? My brother ended up going running off with some people looting and shit. And I, I was like, I'm going home. I was like, I, I'm I'm like stressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like tear gases everywhere. Like I, I can't really get my thoughts together. So me and my boy Wayne, we went home. Um, and so we get to the house. We sitting there chilling, smoking some weed, drinking, trying to like really, <laughs> really process this shit. You know, after we took showers and stuff and. And just still nervous, shaking, and we're sitting watching the news. Adrenaline. Yep, we're, st- we're sitting watching the news, 
And they show my brother jumping. They didn't show the dude who punched her in the, right. in the face. They only showed him in the air stomping her head. And they kept running it, running it, running it, running it, right? So they just had to jump, boom, and then they put him back on the ground, have him jump, boom, Damn. put him back on the ground, boom. And that was it. <clears throat> they didn't show anything else after that. Was your brother hella recognizable? Um, to people who knew him and to the Royal Police Department, yeah. yeah. Remember, they, 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 there was already an issue with us yeah, with them, right? They already kind of had, had it out for you guys. Yeah, you know. Probably at the fire, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was, that was what happened. And then, um, so when he, when he got home, uh, my mom was like, yo, we got to, <laughs> she was like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, she's like, I just, she's like, I just booked us a trip. We're going to go to Vail. <laughs> Right, we're going skiing for the weekend or something to get away because she was afraid. She was deathly afraid of the system. She knew how they worked, mm -hmm. and she knew that he was going to prison. You know, so she took us there. We had this this great time, but it was bittersweet because every time we started having fun, we like, realized like where we were and what was go going back, on. Yeah. And not only that, but like it was impossible for us not to, to see the news. Cause even in the in the condo that we got that we were there, we're looking and like the news keeps showing, and they're like looking for Panda, and they would say his name wrong because his name was Panda, you know, mm -hmm. Panda P E N D A, and they kept saying Panda, Panda Limu Holiday is at large, you know, they're like he uh, is uh, wanted for assault and attempted murder, right? That's what they're saying that it was was attempted murder, right? Um, so. It just kept being this bittersweet moment. So the closer we got to going home, mm -hmm. the more like that PTSD vibe and that feeling kept coming back. So then we, we finally get home and I'm begging this dude. I'm like, don't go to school, man. You know, like, don't don't go to school. I'm like, just stay home for a minute and, and let's figure something out. Like, right. thinking In my head, I'm thinking that I don't know how we're going to do it, but like, at least if you're here, it'll be all right. Yeah. Nah, man. Um, he goes to school. I'm at, I'm at Prairie and he's at Overland. Cause he's in ninth grade at the time and I'm in Overland and, um, they had the, they had like, like ninth graders who would come and tutor like the eighth graders. Right. And then, so somebody told somebody to tell somebody to told me that they arrested him. And so we went out there and, um, you know, they had the SWAT team out there to get his ass. God damn. They had the SWAT, like they had the SWAT team to get a, a ninth grader. You know what I'm saying? Like he was this big threat, but they arrested him, snatched him up, and the, the next cover of the newspaper was him captured, and it had captured in big fucking red letters, Which. right? And his face and, and, and his beanie was pulled over his face because he was a minor, and so they had his beanie pulled over his face. So, like, just to add insult to injury, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. like, have him looking like one of the characters from fucking Fat Albert, you know what I'm saying? Like, just bad, right? Like, just face covered, and you could tell that he was crying and shit in the photo or whatever, but they have him in the photo with his face covered in this beanie and his handcuff right and mm -hmm. so like the imagery that was now shown was this dude who was this thug who jumped on this white girl's head and then finally we captured him his pants was kind of hanging off his ass so like it was perfect right? they already had the picture yeah the so like it was perfect for their like agenda to kind of make mm -hmm. it look like see these are these people you need to be afraid of kind of shit you know um and it was it was bad. After that, um, luckily he didn't get sent to prison. He got sent to um, lookout, and he ended up having to do I think five years. Um, the judge reduced his sentence based on everything that was going on because now there's all these lawsuits getting ready to happen. 
Um, so they're like, we got to try to play damage control and not do, you know, do what we wanted. Because they were going to give him 65 years. God damn. He was going to get 65 years of life. That was what the original charge, that, that's what the original um, amount of time was going to be was 65 years. Damn. And so it's a fucking long ass time. For yeah. 18, so they bro. so they dropped it down, um, and then he went to what you call it. But the the issue didn't stop as soon as we got back to school. Mm-hmm. We oh, you were, guys we were, were targeted. I mean, you said front page back, probably back to back to back yeah. to back days. Yeah. And your name is the same as his. Yeah. And they know. Yeah, and then and then you have the news crew who keeps trying to show up at your house, trying to show up at the school. Yeah, you saying they're you know, following you? In yeah, they're like, like following you around, trying to get this information and trying to get you to talk. Like, I don't. What the what, what fuck, fuck do I know? Say, what do you want me to say? say? <laughs> like, we were sitting at home, like, hey man, here's what we're gonna do when we get to the parade. Uh, I'm, uh, I want to, I want to find a cryptoscope, punch a girl in the face, and and paint. I need you to jump on, jump on her head. Like we plan, like it wasn't planned. They needed to go and ask the people, the city mm-hmm. of Denver, right? The go- the city, the go- the government of Denver. They needed to go ask their ass why they thought it was a good idea to let the Klan be there at that day. And what you know, the answer, what, what the original answer was, freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Yeah, they have just as much. They have as just as much as, as you. Right. That's exactly what they're saying. So none of the none of the white folks, none of the Klan who was throwing shit and throwing rocks and all the shit they had over there on their side. None of them went to jail. That's wild. right. None of them went to jail. So it turned up, you know what I'm saying? Like, and prior to that was when, you know, um, when I really like, there was a point where, where I had to start writing. I had to start figuring out how to navigate through the shit that was happening. Mm-hmm. And I just started writing, you know, and it turned in, cause I'd already been rapping, you know, prior to that and doing music, but not really like in a professional Mm-hmm. Or like I'm gonna do this for real, and then at that point, that's when I was like, "Fuck this!" Like I'm gonna have to write this down. That's when I started getting kind of political, like gangster political. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't gangster against my own people. Like we're gonna fuck them up or shoot these it's people. Like, it was like Paris. It was like now I gotta spit about what's going yeah. on. So like I've always viewed myself as like a commentator of the time, right? Yeah. Not necessarily a rapper, but like they got their reporters. Uh, you said a street reporter. Yeah, they got their reporters. We got ours. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just not. I'm not one-sidedly reporting it. Like I'm a gang member or a thug or a drug dealer or shit like that. It was a wide range of things that just started happening. So that was like a really big beginning of that because <sighs> shit. At that point, I had a son. Um, when I was 16, when I finally got to Overland, they fucked with me so bad that I was like, I'm out. You're done. Like every day it was something, man. I mean, every fucking day it was like I couldn't go in that place without. Someone saying some slick shit. Yeah, and it was it was always the administration. Ooh, that's even you know? worse. Always administration. You know what I'm saying? Like they was on us. They Were they singling us. you guys out? Always. It was a it was a rap. The principal at the time, and I always call him out, was uh, Mr. Buckner. Um, he was a he was he was he was a, he was a character. He was a joke. You know, right. he was not for black kids. Like he gave zero fucks. Like, and he worked for Cherry Creek District, so he had to hobnob and and kiss certain people's ass to keep his job. You know right. what I'm saying? And he he made it bad for us. He didn't look out for us. And then Dr. Seeley, um, who was who was Bobby Seeley's ex wife, I think she was like the Black Panther Bobby Seeley, mm-hmm. um, and she hated us too. Like she didn't even pull us to the side and be like, "Hey, let me tell y'all what y'all need to do," yeah. right? And this is what I have a problem with hip hop. You got these hip hop cats, these little young dudes doing all this shit, but the old heads that have been through it and know the outcome mm-hmm. are not like, hey man, let me tell you, like, like Wallow did. You know what I'm saying? Like Wallow did to to um, Young Thug, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, he explained to them, like, 
you have this going on, and here's what's going to happen. And you're going to rob your whole crew of of this ability to have wealth. And mm-hmm. what happened? Boom. Mm-hmm. Now, I seen something like that the other day, and I actually posted it, man. It was KRS-One, and he breaks it down. How, like, on both sides, like, I think a lot of older cats are just tired. Like, I think they, I think, you know, we're always here to give knowledge but when the youngsters don't want to accept it at all or they think we're fools or we're broke yeah or we're but you know what we get to that point where we're like fuck it bro i gotta deal with my life uh-huh. you know i get it and, and i get it but the one thing that we can't do um is that right and there's a reason so we've all been at that point that hard-headed stage everybody goes through it you know mm-hmm. it's it's a it's it's gonna happen period the fact is is that you have to constantly see the thing is is we never had anybody constantly keep on us right so we are like nah I said what I said and that's it right if you don't want to listen little young head don't want to listen but the fact is is that how many how many of us have been through that hard head moment and are now on the other side of things like damn I need to fix this and are fixing mm-hmm. our lives and becoming better we need to make sure that we have resources for them when they come out of that idea and that mindset because if we don't, they're going to relapse and go back into that same exactly. behavior, right? So, like, nah, we don't get the privilege of being tired. Police are not tired. The judge is not tired. The people making these fucked up laws are not tired, mm-hmm. right? Their kids are not tired. The kids that are coming from these clans and everything that you look back back in the 60s and, and the 50s and those people, when you look, that were that were hanging people and lynching people at the time, we're now dealing with their grandkids and their kids in, in political places, mm-hmm. So they're not tired. Nah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, we don't get the right to be tired. And not only, we, not only do we not get the, we don't have the right to be tired, we don't have, it's too dangerous for us to be tired. Once you let down, that's when they get you. Yeah, see what I'm saying? It's too dangerous for us to be tired. This Black Lives Matter shit that they got cracking off, mm-hmm. that's bullshit, right? Because it doesn't matter if they in the hood killing each other because no Black Lives Matter movement is out there when they in Chicago in the right. blocks where they getting shot up at. Where are they at? See, as long as it's political and could be looked at on the news and, and it, it's dramatic and is this and that, the cop shot the kid and the kid's black and this and that, it's great to be mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. But when the black people are, when we're out there doing this to each other and we're turning the blind's eye, you can't tell me you care about your people when you have a policy of no snitching in your neighborhood. You cannot tell me that you care about your people when you have a policy that's, that's this unwritten, unspoken thing about not snitching. What's the difference between giving somebody information and snitching? It's like me and you, Joe. Me and you go, we rob a bank, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody knows us that has nothing to do with us. And the police come ask them questions. And they tell on us. Did he snitch? No. Nah, because then you get caught. I don't get caught. They still don't know who I am. And then I tell And you, you tell on me. And I'm a snitch. You snitching. Yeah. Right? This See, whole thing that's happening now, mm-hmm. it is keeping the the neighborhood under siege, right? Mm-hmm. It's keeping people in fear of being able to grow or get any better. We have to not snitch. We see this happening. We know uh, old boy ran across the street, got a gun, shot the gun the wrong direction, shot the little girl. We know who he is, mm-hmm. but we can't tell. What does that do to a neighborhood? When you take the, when you take the, the enemies of the neighborhood and turn their ass into fucking champions. The superstars. You see what I'm saying? And then the young kids are like, that's how we're going to be. You you can't tell me that you care about your people when you take the ones who are ruining everything and you make them better than the ones who are trying to get you to build it up. 
Right. Because they look at the guy that works every day. As a chump. As a dumbass. Yeah. Kind of like that reminds me of the fucking, what movie is it? Um, It's um, something Brooklyn where he talks about, like, does Mickey Mantle pay any of your bills? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The Bronx sale. Yeah, Bronx sale. That's the he thing is that, this, is that this is, but this is the lifestyle that's now pushed in, in the music videos. Right. Right? Because before, back in the day, Black Panthers, uh, you had the Black Panthers, you had the um, uh, the Brown Beret, right? The AIM movement, the MOVE organization. They were keeping that kind of stuff away. Mm-hmm. But then, all of a sudden, it switches up, and those cats become now the fake enemy because they're trying to get you to not do the shit you're doing. So they now they're, it, they're, 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 they're going against what you think is cool, so you don't want to hear them, but the dope dealer, the drug dealer, the cat packing the gun, the little, you know what I'm saying, the stick-up kids and shit, those are now the ones who are getting all the respect. And it's not even respect out of, out of respect because they earned it, it's out of fear. Right, and that's what the issue is, right? Or that's almost what we, like some, like you said, like some, like idolizing shit. They idolize that shit. Yeah, but you know what? It's the same thing like Scarface. I always got you know because where I work, I'm the assistant executive director of Recovery Center. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of young cats who come in, and one of the things I ask them, I'm like, who is one of your, who is one of your uh, idols, right? Or who is somebody you look up to? And they be like Scarface, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why? Because Scarface had it all. I said, did you hear the key word was had, right? I said, did he get to keep it? He was like, no. Nah. I said, so the characteristics of Scarface is that this dude came from humble beginnings. He didn't have anything, right? He wanted to make something. He was loyal at the beginning. He had he had an idea. He had integrity about what he was going to do and what mm-hmm. he wasn't going to do. Then he turns on his best friend. He turns on his people. He turns on his sister. He turns on himself eventually and then dies in the end. Not, not before. He doesn't die before he becomes a junkie, though, too. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so like at the end of this, when you're idolizing yourself or modeling yourself after that, then the end is what you're going to be okay with. Because you don't see another ending. So that ending is you're now, you're now connecting yourself to that as a model, and that's what your ass get. That's why we see the downfall and decline of the mentality of the young kids that we have around mm-hmm. is because their idols are that. And I always tell people, if you want to know who has influence over your kids, look at how they dress and how they act. Because if they don't dress and act like you, then they ain't got no, you know, not to say they got to dress exactly like you or yeah, whatever. But if they're not modeling, yeah. you know what I'm saying, the way that you roll, then then you're not there. You're not who they're going to for their information. Oh, definitely not. They're going to the Internet. And that's bad because the Internet's just feeding them themselves, uh-huh. you know, like Instagram and it just shows you everything you like, right? Or whatever gets you, whatever gets you a certain way. And then if you can't meet those standards, then you're 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 not good enough, right? You're not good enough for the standards that were created superficially for you, mm-hmm. and now you're taking it for real, and you're not meeting those standards. So now you're not successful. It's bad. That's crazy, man. We got to change that mentality. Absolutely, and and you know, but that's why I said like I don't I don't is. Like, I had to come to the point and conclusion, like, even having conversations with my son about certain things in music, like, I have to come to the conclusion, I don't have to like what they're putting out, but I have to have something ready when they get their mind right, right? For sure. I got to have something there. I got to have, like, resources and other people who are mentors who can help them get careers, who can help them do all these other things when they come out of that mindset. I think the biggest thing that you said is we can't hate on them at all because then we just become like our parents, the grumpy old people. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like, for a while I was always like, man, boy, I can't stand whoop, whoop, whoop. And then I was just like, you know, just recently I was kind of like, damn, let me, uh, like, there has to be, that I have to approach this differently. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I have to understand, like, my situation when I was growing up, you couldn't tell me shit. Because there was no one to instill anything in me for you to tell me shit. Right. So what I created was reality. <laughs> so you couldn't come and try to be like, young buck, let me tell you something. Sit your ass down before I whoop <laughs> your ass, right? Like, that was what my response would be. You know? But that's like, how they kind of are. Like, that's, that's the mentality nowadays, though. It's like there's even more of them. There's so much. There's so much happening, right? There's so much trauma. Think of, it, think of it when you were going through your shit. There, it was you know scattered, but now it's just like everywhere. And one of the things, like I know I'm going to say this wrong, but um, they said like the last generation of music, like the dope music, like that they, they were like the drug dealers, and then drug dealers, and then we cat peelers, then, <laughs> then they had kids. And they became the drug users. You see what I'm saying? Like I forgot how they said it, but but if you but if you look if you look right now, mm -hmm. what is the number one thing that this particular wave of music is promoting? Drugs. Being it's okay to be a junkie, bro. Yeah. Right. It's okay for you to be high as Xanax. Like it's cool, right? It's cool for you to be sipping on sister up and can't function and falling asleep at somebody's house because you stuck, mm -hmm. or or you or you smoking some wet, you know what I'm saying? Some PCP and you like all this stuff is just cool. It's cool now to like do fentanyl, like for real. It's uh -huh. nuts because I see it from a different angle now. Before I was I was doing cocaine, I was drinking, I was smoking weed, I was wilding out. You know what I'm saying? I was doing shows when I was around uh, with P-Funk and them. I was doing that shit. When I was with my bands, I was doing that shit. You know? But now I'm looking at it from a different angle and being like, damn, they're really saturating the shit out of this. For real. You know? And, like, you got to ask yourself, why? How come the country music artists, like... It's the big, it's the big media, the big pharma. Yo, bro, it's... Because all those drugs are made by the government. Mm-hmm. And when I go to like fucking KS1075 or whatever station, you know, and they're playing fucking Future. Yeah. Poly, what, what, I'm, I'm being all old over here. Molly <laughs> Percocet's fucking, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. On the hook and the fucking little kids are singing that, saying mm -hmm. that. They're bigger than the rappers. Yeah. They're the outlet for the rappers. Yeah. Who are they controlled but by? That's what, but I was saying this in another podcast mm -hmm. is like. What is their level of responsibility? They don't. They don't have no. They level. don't have to, right? They so, the money. so like That's you have stuff. You have stuff like these cats who will do stuff. They get in trouble. They get caught up, and then the label who knows what they're up to because they're like pushing them to do it. Now distance themselves from it. Has all these attorneys. They pull out all the paperwork and show that they've signed off. That they have nothing to do with them as far as you know recording, but rapping, yet, this and that. They have that fucking insurance policy on their ass for fucking ten million dollars. Well, they have multiple. Yeah. This is the thing. They have multiple insurance policies on them right so if they die they have the mold they have it under the entity of the rapper itself and the and the and name the yeah, right, so the name see what i'm saying so like now you got 17 18 policies on one record label for one cat so you have somebody like pop smoke who dies who gets shot up or you got another cat who gets shot up their families get zero because the contract ain't set like that, and they're not teaching them about contract understanding. Made that money yet. And then so now getting there. So then posthumously, meaning after they die, their album sales shoot up again. And who gets paid? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this is there's more to this than just being like, oh, I can't stand that kind of music. Well, you got to tell me why this rich white trillionaire is the one who's signing and giving the green light for these albums. But then you have KRS-One, and you got all these other cats, dead prez and stuff, who who. Well, they won't even put them on a label to even market them as hard as they market this other bullshit. Right. 
And everybody's like, well, there's alternative forms of music, but they're not reaching as fast as these other cats. So right now, let's say, let's say that the label comes and they want to take my son, and my son's like, fuck what you talking about, dad. I'm gonna go do what I'm gonna do. Right. I'm, a, you know, what I'm saying I don't want to hear you. I'm 18 years old now. I can do my own thing. And then they sign him. They give him this shitty fucking contract, this 360 deal or whatever the fuck. And then now he signed to this thing. They put him out there. He's famous within 24 motherfucking hours. Mm-hmm. Because of all their platforms, he's going to take him. Right now, we're sitting at the table like, he ain't, he's all right. He's not really that big yet, but he's really talented and this and that. But then the think tank gets together. They got the, the they got the AR rep. Yeah. They got the money dude. They got the other dude. They got the other dude. And now you have a whole squad of people at the table. And they're like, how soon do we want to activate? They're like, fuck waiting for a week. Let's just put him on this song real quick tonight. Or let's put one of his songs and have him re-recorded tonight. Right. And let's shoot him out there. So now he's on the magazines. He's on the covers of everything. He's on the Internet. He's on the he's in the um, algorithm. Right. So they pop him out there and then he, all his shit is garbage. So all his hard work that he did all this time, cultivating his ideas, his engineering skills, his production skills, his writing skills, his ability to sing, his ability to rap, his ability to write. They just shit on him. Then he's so fucking overwhelmed because everything's moving so damn fast. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. You're here, you're there, you're here, you're there. All of a sudden, everybody fucking loves you. But then let the, let him make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Them same fans hate his ass. So now he doesn't know how to act because he doesn't have the family support. They already cut him off, right? Because they got him thinking that he's going to be this star. And they got all these people. And guess who's, fa- guess who's dealing with his finances? The same team that mm-hmm. is a part of the label bro i heard something the other day um i want to say it was um tupac when he when he started kind of like going against suge like he had the same lawyer mm-hmm. as suge knight and that represented death row and someone told him was like how the fuck yeah yeah do you not see the conflict yeah. of interest right here first of all you're here then the record company's here but you can't have that same lawyer. Mm-hmm. He had to go. You know, he went and got him another yeah, lawyer. Yeah, like, right. And, and then, but then you have the other thing where people say, "Well, if you don't like what's happening with these labels, start your own." Tell me what the issue is with that one. There's no money. Okay, so first you got to have the money or the keys or the key. But then also you got to look at it like this: What? Where do you, who? What? Where is there a black or Latino distribution? Label or distribution company. They tried it. Look what happened. Yeah, we know what happened. So like, Jay-Z told so them. now, so now here's the deal. <laughs> Say that again. So here's the deal, Jay-Z right? Told on so them. here's the deal. Watch this. If you can't distribute something at the mass at, at the rate that they're distributing it, even if you did start a label, if they want to drown you out and suffocate your ass out of the game, they can, they can because they control all the platforms. There are six major media companies. Six major media companies. Under those six major media companies, all the record labels fall under them. So you don't get to go, well, we're going to do this. Even when you say that you're an a, a, a independent artist or you're under an independent a, a label, that label is still connected to Universal, Interscope, or Sony. Yep, somehow, some way. You see what I'm saying? Somehow, some way. And so like when you're like, just go do it yourself. All this fucking complaining that I hear you do, and you don't want to fucking just stand up and fucking roll your bootstraps up and go and take care of your business. Like, bro, this is a systemic thing. This is something that they've created mm-hmm. that has been going on for some time. Right? It's been going on for some time. That's why it's important to know everything. I told my son, you know, there'd be times he was mad, like, I don't do this. I was like, learn it. Right. Learn it first, okay? I'm not telling you not to do it. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you not to go your goal, do what you do, make your dreams, make them pop, but learn everything that is in that realm. The money piece, especially because a lot of cats are like, I ain't really driven about the money right now. I just want to make music. That's and the then and then what part. happens, right? That's the cause then what happens is that now when you're ready to settle down, right? Or you're ready to fall back a little bit and enjoy the fruits of your labor, they're like $17 million for me and forty two fifty for you. <laughs> and you like, wait a second, why only get forty two fifty? They're like, because of this, 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 and that, and this and that, and because you did that and you spent the money on the jewelry, and then we had you we had to reimburse you for that, and then it was this much, and then uh your recoup, we didn't get to recoup at the time we're supposed to recoup, so then that was this financial piece that happened, and you owe us this much percentage of, of that. And before you know it, you're mm-hmm. looking at it and you don't know what's going on, and then the person who comes and explains it to you yeah. is there person that's what I was about to say you don't have your people there yeah they come in they tell you so or you might not even know to do an audit nah and that's the problem is that these young cats want to I I get that they want this fame because they make it look really good Mm -hmm. but the problem is is like you have like rappers who promote you know all this dope they promote all this stuff but what rapper has ever said yo um uh we have a recovery center in New Orleans we have a recovery center in this place that takes Medicare or Medicaid, mm-hmm. right? We have a recovery center that we have grants for these young kids who are now addicted to these drugs that we've been promoting and shit. No one. Nope. Right? But they got all this other stuff. We're going to get a clothing line. We've got a liquor line. Like, all the shit that's not even really important. And then we're watching the t- deterioration of each community from, from Latinos to the black folks, and we're watching it happen. And there's nothing in place for it. So when all this shit hits the fan and, and that mindset changes because it does it every every couple of years. Mm-hmm. You got these cats who move this way, move that way, and then they realize what's up and they change. And when they make that change, what do we have in place for them? We could talk all this shit all day. Right. But if we ain't solutionaries, then then shut the fuck up. That's what you were that's what you're going hard on yesterday, talking about just, you know, coming up with the solution. There's always going to be the bad. We just got to come up with solutions to help out with it, too. We just have to be. That's why I said it's not about being sleep and tired. Like, I work in an industry that, like, I'm on call, even when I'm not on call. Mm-hmm. I have people who pop volatile, like, who get crazy, like, because they're, they're doing fentanyl. They do an intake, and they're fine. But then all of a sudden, they have this kind of moment of this chemical imbalance that happens that they wake up, and they're, they're violent. And instead of me calling the police and losing their trust, I got to go in and be like, hey, man, let me talk you. Let me holler at you real quick. Let me talk you down real quick. Let me get you situated. And it could be at any time. Right. It could be at any time. And the reason I'm willing to do that is because I've created so many fucking issues in the past. I've done so much dirt without supervision and parental supervision and no give a fucks. Right. And then now it's like, yo, now I'm on this other side, which is why I know you has got to be patient. Right. Because when they do and they are, they do finally hear you. You can't be like, well, I, I ain't ready to help you now because I was ready before. Now I can't help you because it's not it's too late. We're the only people who tell our people it's too late to get better. It's right. too late to to undo the wrongs that you've done. That's some bullshit. It's always like looked down as just being bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late. I gave you an opportunity. You didn't take it. Get That's what the fuck you get. You're in prison. Good. Right. We we some we some hateful people when it comes down to that, and I'm gonna just be honest. We can't sit here and point the finger at outwardly and externally to anyone else when we're not doing the work internally to make these things happen to change anything. What do you think are some of the things they need to do to change that shit? 
first we need to we need to be more involved we need to be more educated you know what i'm saying we need to we need to we need to big up education we need to big up education mm. right we need to big up getting educations we need to big up the fact of 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 therapy because mm-hmm. we have been like black folks and Latinos have been through the illest shit. Oh, yeah, we definitely they need have therapy. been like we, we need therapy, but <laughs> we need but we <laughs> but we need to make it normal, yeah. right? It's a stigma to that shit. Like if you tell somebody, man, I gotta go see a therapist. Oh motherfucker, what you gotta see a therapist for? You need to just get your shit together, smoke some weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have a is beer. That, is that like you the know, macho shit that's that it. Like yeah, it's that, it's that it's that but it's that tradition, yeah. right? That I was saying, it's like nah, you don't need that. We need it bad because like trauma's bad. Traumatic experiences are bad too, but trauma itself is something internal that happens on the inside that makes you react to everything, to, to the traumatic situations, right? So the traumatic situations bog you down, but you can have something happen to you when you're seven years old, and then you push that shit down and suppress it, and then it shows up when you're like 44. You fuck something up. You snap. You just go nuts because that thing didn't get taken care of, and now you have all these other issues, or they gradually increase as you grow. Because you ain't being taken care of, right? And so we look at it like, no, nah, man, I don't need nothing. We do. And then when people say, you know, you know, when uh, you ask your boy or something, you be like, yeah, how, how you doing, man? They're like, man, I'm fine. I'm all right. Yeah. It's not true. No, 95% I, 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 of the time, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm, when they be like, hey, man, you good? Yeah, man, I'm good. Like, what's going on? You know, just, you know. They're not okay. I've been there a million times, bro, when my homies ask me, and I just got to, like, try to be tough. And and you're going through the worst. And you're going through the most. You know what it is, though? It's like we all have our problems, bro. You know, I've had my problems, Mm -hmm. been there. And what it was for me is when I would reach out to a couple people that I think I could reach out to. Mm -hmm. And then they they turn me away. Like you you were talking about earlier, like, homies, there's no such thing. And, And I had someone, like, literally tell me, like, I don't have the time for it. Like, I, I'm busy and I have to get this, like, some shit done. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, threw me for a loop, bro, because I thought, like, you know, like you said at the, at the, at the beginning, I thought I was someone I could count on and I really yeah. needed just someone to, you know, let off a little steam with, you know what I mean? And you, mm-hmm. like, cold turn me away. And, and then and that's, now it's like when you ask, fuck it. Well, that's when your internal conversation, because we already have a poor internal conversation already. Mm-hmm. It's real negative. Right, like in certain shit we say to ourselves, we wouldn't say out loud, mm. right? Right in the room, people be like, "This motherfucker crazy!" Like, <laughs> damn, why would he even think that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so then when people reject you and you reach out, then that voice gets louder, right? Mm. It's like, see, I told you, you ain't shit, you ain't worth shit, you ain't worth nobody's time. Don't ever do that again. And then what happens is you you just get cold, yeah. right? You get cold and you start doing you start doing self damage. You know, whether it's drinking too much, whether it's smoking, smoking too, much, too much, whether yeah. it's reckless driving, whether it's you running around trying to be with every bitch that you could possibly be with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's all these different outcomes to that thing. And, and that's why we don't reach out, because we're, we're afraid of the response that we're going to get. And then even if you do reach out and somebody does want to help you and you confide in them and then they throw your shit out there in front of you or they throw it out in front of other people or they blast you out. Mm-hmm. That's what we do to each other. And that's why and that's we don't like look norm. into that. Yeah, it's very normal it's it's, it's absolutely normal that's why when when i ask certain cats you know when i'm going out because on my days off i Mm -hmm. go downtown and i hand out narcan you know what i'm saying because i know that the ems and the police have been given these um these rules to not fuck with people on on, on fentanyl Mm -hmm. you know to not really touch them and shit like that because of what can happen to them and blah 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 whatever so i go down there and i'm talking to a lot of them 
A lot of them are not down there because they started out being junkies and criminals and crooks. They just got in that whirlwind. There was something that happened, right? There was a there was a series. I always call it Lemony Snickers, a series of unfortunate fucking events that led them to where they are. It was not that they just woke up like, I hate my mom. I'm going to steal from her. I hate my dad. I'm going to steal from him. I hate this. I hate that. And then when you go down there, you see all walks of life. You see people who got a car accident. The, the, the doctor recommended a small dose of fentanyl for him, for his back or whatever. And then the doctor cuts him off and he didn't taper him down or didn't do it right and now the dude's addicted to fentanyl and he knows where to get it now he went from five mm-hmm. grams to doing 20 grams and then on the heroin right and then now he's doing he's 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 onto another thing and now he can't stop they you did know me, they did me dirty like that man when i was in the fucking hospital like i was doped up all the time and like man like they didn't really kind of taper me off you know and like when they sent me home like I don't remember what the fuck it was called, bro, but fuck, they put that shit in my IV, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be on a different level, bro. Yeah. Like but we're up. but we're in a we're in a drug culture right now. Mm-hmm. Like the doctors are really the dope dealers. But but what I was trying know? to say though is like when I went home, they gave me like ten Percocets after having me hyped up for like three weeks on this yeah. shit. And like luckily, like to me with drugs, everyone's different, bro. Yeah. Some people can handle it and some, some motherfuckers can't. can't. They do Coke the first time and it's gone for yep, them. And that's it. And you they wrapped up in it forever. I, yeah, man. But see, there's that's that's the one thing, and and you know, and so this is another piece for me is why I'm going back to school mm-hmm. to be a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed addiction counselor, right? So I'm doing all these courses. I would have never thought that my black ass was going back to school, but that's why, I like, because before I didn't value education, right? Because it wasn't it wasn't instilled? instilled in me to value education. It wasn't important to me. I, I, honestly, right? I, one thing I do say, and you know, I love my parents, but. I wish they would have just instilled education a little more. A little more, yeah. I mean, I mean, I seriously. At least got free college and not I could at least, yeah. well, at least, at least we would have. Because for me, I I only ended up with a GD, right? Like I'm in a position I'm in based on the work I've done, not on my on my damn degree or mm-hmm. like something like that. It's because of what I what I can do. But now I'm like, yo, I need I need to take it further, right? Because I need to be in a position where I can accept Medicaid for therapy. Where I can accept this or create this or go grab these grants and legally be able to navigate and pull other people together to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the fucking excuses that we have, right? And it's like, yeah, I am 44 years old, but guess what I'm about to do? I'm going to do it. It's just, it's, there's no brainer. Like I said, it's not a, you can't be tired. Right. You don't get to be sleepy. Wake your ass up, right? And get, get something together. Even whatever is, and I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But we do have to look at like what field are we in? What do we do? What? How can we be of a resource to these young cats, right? Because there's not anything set up for us. When we fail and we fall, that's it. If we don't help ourselves yeah, out, we don't bring ourselves up. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's not gonna happen. And then we're gonna get comfortable going to prison. And once they go to prison and they see it's not all that bad, is what I keep hearing from these cats. They're like, shit, it ain't all as bad as everybody was trying to make it seem. So now it's easier to go back. Yep. I, man, that's. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we know, we are exactly. the we are the worst when it comes to creating this um this environment of of fuckery is what I call it. We're the best at it. Cause now we got the young cats who like, you know, somebody starts a business, they don't even throw a party for him to start a business and then utilize his business services. Mm-hmm. They ask him, can they get the hookup? But the dude who's getting ready to go to prison and getting ready to get locked up, they got a whole three weekend party for this fool. Whole three weekends, three full weekends before he go, they party and everybody's like, fucking such and such is going to prison, fool. They're like, what? 
man, we're going to party. We're going to fucking get him fucked up, right? right? That's it. It's not like, yo, let us take this time to talk to the rest of these knuckleheads that this doesn't happen. It's like a badge of honor to come back and then they do another party. The dude who graduates college gets a little tiny one. Right? It's not a big event. It's not it's not discussed like That's that. Crazy, bro. So then now he's jaded and bitter at his at his people. So where does he go? He goes where he where, where people like accept him. Nope. To other to like white people. And he goes and gets in that crowd of where, where his where his academics and all his scholar and anything that he's that he's attained is respected and mm-hmm. honored. Right? It's not what we get in our neighborhood when we go to school and we graduate, and I'm not saying everywhere, but majority of the time, it's not respected. No. It's just like that's great. You yeah. got a degree? Oh, cool. You got a master's? Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. They don't even understand the concept of how hard it is for that to even happen in the condition that we're in and trying to knock this shit out. And then you get ridiculed by your own people and like you don't want to be around them. So then when you finally see success, you automatically separate yourself. And it's not because you hate them. It's because they hate you, right. <laughs> right? It's not that you hate them. It's that you can't, you can't be successful and be being shit on all the time and stay in that environment. Well, this is my family. I'm going to deal with them regardless. Nah, man, this is your life. Wake up. Yeah. Walk up here. Make, make way for those who are ready, right? You keep that lifeline open and you just keep it open for the people who are ready. You know, you don't cut everybody off. You just keep it open for when they're ready. If everybody ain't ready, I can't go kick it with y'all. Right. Y'all still hold on to guns with serial numbers missing. You guys are in cars with no license and the damn plates don't belong to the car. And there's five of y'all motherfuckers in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I can't come riding with you. You see what I'm saying? It's not that I hate you. It's that, it's that y'all don't make no fucking sense. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't make I can't get in the car with you. I can't meet you at your at your place and have a barbecue with y'all because y'all all do some ill shit. And I don't know what kind of tail y'all got that I'm going to walk into some drama. Like, that's the last thing I could do is the kind of work I do be at somebody's house and then be in the middle of a battle ram. Right. And then they ain't going to be like, he ain't with us. Right. right. Well, since when are they ever going to do that? He ain't with us. Right. This dude has a career. He's doing this. He's helping people. This is where he's at. That no one's going to be they, they, because they're going to be like, well, if he's with us, whatever time we're about to get is about to be divided. Right. <laughs> so now you involved and you can't tell the police, hey, man, I don't even belong here. Right. Tell it to the judge. <laughs> He ain't trying to hear that shit. He ain't trying to hear that. But this is the problem. Like, this is why, like, when I started doing my music, when I started doing albums, and when I finally, you know what I'm saying, got with Stat, mm-hmm. that first album, um, through my, well, the first album was The Game Time, You Know My Name. I wrote that whole album in jail. That's crazy. I wrote that whole album in jail over the fucking phone. What was crazy is he, I would call him, collect, and I'd be like, hey, man. I was like, let me hear what beats you got. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I've been writing. I got this track, uh, these 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 bars for it. Mm-hmm. And he would let me hear it. And then he would just let it play for as long as the phone call was. Right. So at that point, I was able to get the cadence and I would figure it out and then end the call and I would finish writing the song. And then I would call him the next day, mm-hmm. right? Or a couple of days later. And then I would listen to another beat and I'd be like, let me hear the cadence. So you have songs like uh, Don't Leave Me Alone, um, there's the one, uh, what was it called? 
uh, uh, Divide and Conquer. Okay. So in that track, it was like, I want to be rich is what they all say, but go about it all wrong than the law say. Put your hands up and leave your behind the wall days. Go by like minutes and you can't wait till your sentence is finished. Crying and praying for repentance. Parole board won't reduce your sentence. 25 to L. Your life is straight finished on the streets. They thought that you was balling, but in reality, you were slowly falling. Victim to the systematic trickery. They tricked you the same way they tried tricking me. I thought the selling dope was the key but silly me. A motherfucker would tell you in a minute easily be in your face acting all weaselly sometimes you're too wise can't see what your three can see radio radio change your frequency your best friend meets with police secretly uh it's like d-i-v-i-d-i-c-o-n-q we are divided conquers what they do to you divided conquers what they want to do to you yeah it was like <laughs> those that was what that album was basically about right mm-hmm. like it was all these things that i was saying it was like this moment of like clarity of me changing and being like, yo, I can't go back to fucking jail again. Cause I right. had spent like four, maybe five months at that time locked up. Um, and then finally we released that shit and then we talked about doing shows and then we just took off doing shows. We was doing shows, opening for like Immortal Technique, Ill Bill. We did a show with Tech Nine that Status still has a video, never ever put it out. Mm. Um, well, like real quick, man, we're yeah. gonna get all into the music. We're gonna take yep, a little yep. break, so cool. save it because yep, I know I got we're gonna you. get with the music. But we're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna come back and then get into all the music. Work. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Joe Thunder, and we are back with Ozma. What's going down, G? What up, man? Hey, shit, we about to get get in this music, man. In the music side. So you kind of started early. Eighth grade? Started battling cats on the corner or what? Yeah, well, started before then a little bit, but... Take us there, bro. Roughly, um, let me see how was I. Probably like 13 when I started battling gangster rappers. um, This is in the east side? It was in the east side. It was in uh, Aurora. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a time that I went to... uh, I got taken to uh, Club Synergy. Real quick, how did, how did you get into the freestyling? How could, You know what I mean? How did all that start? Um, I I don't even really, really like know how it started to freestyle, but I think it was just... Um, just being with the homies? Just being around and hearing people rapping and, uh, you know, that kind of thing and just trying to I guess probably trying to express yourself right you know I wasn't really writing at that time I didn't really write until later and then what got what kind of got you into starting to battling cats um I think it was the idea of humiliating people to be honest with you or that and outsmarting them right like uh-huh. in the, at the drop of a dime just to be able to like assess them and look at them and especially because you were younger or what them. yeah I mean I was you know, and part of me was always, you know, before I was always getting bullied and shit. So I wanted, I wanted to be edge up on it mm-hmm. first. I'm gonna get at you, and I wasn't afraid either. So I wasn't afraid of battling other cats and shit like that. So, and talk about like, so they took you to Synergy. Yeah, Synergy was a. It's a you don't club. remember that? That's right there on Larmer, right <laughs> on the east side. Looked like Along, a yeah, it looked like a, like somebody's house. That's what it looked yeah. like. So we went in there, and um, they had this battle going on, you know, and um, they, you know, people was just signing up for it. And real quick, this is in the heart of the east side. Yeah, right that was back when it was hot. Like three blocks from the projects. Yeah, it was back when projects. it was hot. So I went to Club Synergy, and you know what I'm saying. And at that time, I looked a lot older than I was, um, and. They signed everybody up, and you know these cats was drunk and shit. And I, I wasn't, I didn't drink too much at that. Like I drank, mm-hmm. but I wasn't to the point of no control at that point. Um, so you know you kind of watching them and seeing how sloppy they were, 
And I was like, yeah. And you know, I think every battle rapper at when they start out have a lead in verse uh-huh. or a few, right? That they have a verse that they lead into that gives them that push to jump into the freestyle part. Right. So you have like that that initial, you know, da 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 that you gonna say, and then after that you just take off on your freestyle, but that gets you into the yeah into so the zone little intro, of, right? Yeah, yeah, all the time. I know everybody. I know I know Africa Sam used to do it. I know Neil Mac used to do it. I know Microphone Jones. You know, like all those cats, but. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, that's what happened. And I ended up winning. And then uh, got at him real good. And then they wanted to fight. <laughs> so the cat that I was with, you know, he was like, y'all ain't going to fight. This little, this little nigga 13. <laughs> <laughs> then they got even more mad, right? They're like, this little nigga 13. And they was pissed. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that was funny. Um, but it was fun. And then we shot over to this uh, party at, um, at the Stapleton Airport. They had this hangar. And they were doing a rave off, like, the way far off where nothing was really happening at right. the airport. I don't know how it even happened or how they even was able to do Probably that like, shit. Yeah, in the 90s when shit was, <laughs> but it was Yeah, but it was a big-ass rave. And then there was one room. There's, like, all these rooms happening in one big room. But off in this other room, there's more cats in there battling and shit. And I was like, oh, wow. Isn't this something? So I battle rapped the whole night and then got drunk and... I don't know how I got home, but I got home. <laughs> and then that was the beginning of it, right? Like, then I got to school, you know, that was the same time that shit was happening with my brother when was in um, uh, Prairie Middle School. Yeah. It was, so, yeah, I got to school, and I was battle rapping everybody, you know During what I'm lunch saying? or like, what? During lunch, middle, in the middle of a hallway and passing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't matter. On the bus was the main place. Right. The bus we called the Terror Dome. Was right? there anyone that gave you some good competition? Nah. Not at all. Not at that time. Not because there wasn't like like those cats. They weren't really into it, and plus the cats in Aurora at the time, those are like like Cherry Creek school kids. It was they was their parents was rich and shit, so they wasn't really going through nothing. So they wasn't really hot. They didn't really have any any passion for it. So they was just trying to play around. But yeah, just goofing. But we around. called it the Terror Dome, where you got on our bus that went to Summer Song, and you would have to battle in the back right so you if you want to battle rap us you got to get on the bus mm-hmm. and so we would battle rap on the back of the bus you know and then like if you lose you'd have to get off at the next stop oh for real yeah so like if even even if it wasn't just stop you just gotta get off because you, you, you ain't with us yeah you know you didn't make it to the crib to, to drink and shit so and then what you were telling me is you just had so much you know stuff you know, pent up inside of you. That's when you kind of start writing, because that was like your release, right? Yeah, that was after my after my brother. Kind of talk about getting into writing and all that, and kind of <clears throat> you know finding rap or hip hop as a release. Um, it just first it just started as journaling, right? Because there was a there was this one nice lady who was a para. Um, I just come to she just I think she was just a volunteer. I don't know, but I think she was trying to become a para or something. But she just told me one day, she's like, you have a lot of anger. And I was like, no shit. Okay. She's like, you should start journaling. And I was like, the fuck does that even mean? Right. You know, she's like, just get a notebook and just write down your thoughts, your feelings, and this and that. And I was like, this woman, okay, I'll go do that. <laughs> right? Like clowning. And then one day I was just like, so, so much shit was happening. And, um, I just felt so like lost at one point. I just right. started writing, and that was the beginning of like just going into figuring shit out. But even when I started writing lyrics, I never wrote like gangster rap. I never wrote like the street shit that I was doing. Right. And talk. Tell me you why. Know what I'm saying. Well, I just I didn't I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with that shit. And I already saw where it took everybody that I that I cared about. 
So for me, it wasn't that. For me, it was like I have to like tell this story from a different angle, you know. And so like when you listen to the, uh, if you listen to all the music, you know, what I'm saying from the time that me and Status got together, the other mixtapes I was doing before Status, because um, I was you know doing a lot of other shit prior to that, and then. When you have that album, then through my eyes album, which was like a seventeen song, and and a lot of these, most of the shit I haven't even listened to, like I just you're once, not listening to your own shit. Nah, man, really? I stopped. I haven't listened to anything really. Um, nah, because then after I was with Status and them, um, you know, what I'm saying we kind of distance ourselves from each other um, mutually um, for a minute, and you know, I did my thing, and then I was with uh, U.S. Pipe for a minute, and Still doing like all my original material, but just with a band. Right. And then I wrote some new stuff. Um, and then we traveled and toured and was able to open the door to rock with P Funk, you know. And then some things happened with, with that that wasn't too good. And the cat Citrus was not doing well on, on dividing the money the right way. And I was like, yo, it's got to stop. We were at a studio getting ready to like record the next stuff. And, you know, I'm like, when is everybody getting paid? Was he part of the band or? Yeah, Citrus was the one that started U.S. Pipe. Okay. You know, yeah, it was called United, it was it was called United Sound Pipe and the Balls Johnson Dance Machine, right? <laughs> Ridiculous ass name. And so um, I kept being like, yo, that stupid ass name. And he got it from some, from the part of the movie in, um, and Friday, where the dad's like, you yeah, pipe, but we was like, Ball Johnson dance machine, right? So he's shit around, and and he was like, yeah, that's funny. I was like, that's 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 great, but no, it's not great. Right. And so then I finally convinced him to, to condense it down to U.S. Pipe, which just stood for United Sound Pipe, right? It was us making music, and we're blending we're blending funk, hip hop, rock. You know, we might be doing one of my original songs, and then go do Super Stupid right. by Eddie Hazel. You know what I'm saying? It's like. That's the kind of shit that we were doing, and that's what I wanted to do because, you know, there was there's a there's a kind of wall that hits when you do hip hop with just a DJ, mm-hmm. like you can it's really one dimensional, right? It's only as hot as the song. Does, does it get boring? It gets hella fucking boring, right? It gets hella boring when you're just up there with a DJ and four other cats, you know, and you're doing the same shit, and then you switching songs. And the, one of the things I can say though, for me and Stat, we. What we what we figured out is that we were we were able to get all the shows because, mm-hmm. like my style of music would be kind of rolled towards Dead Prez kind of thing, and then like Nappy Roots kind of thing, and, and then his style would roll towards yeah his style would roll towards like Ill Bill Necro, yeah. and then you have you know um, Hooks who was on there, and then Ko came and joined the team a little bit later down the line, um, and so we were able to like like so if so let's say it was like a uh, uh, mortal, immortal technique kind of show. It'd be more me and uh, like uh, you know a, a little bit of everybody, but it'd be more that heavy. But if it was like Ill Bill or like Necro, mm-hmm. it'll be more heavy towards yeah. Status and Hooks and Manic and Rodden at the time. So we'd be able to like do that. I throw in a couple of my tracks here and uh-huh. there, but we would be able to deliver it to the audience. If we switched over when we did with. Um, Tech Nine, it was more heavy on my shit because I was like fast rapping and yeah. delivering like that. So we figured out a formula, and that's why we were opening for every fucking artist that showed up, you know. And then we were demanding money. We was like, now if we sell these tickets, right. right? We want this money, right? If we bring these tickets, so what I used to do was I'd go try to sell these tickets, and people were like, well, I, I'm not gonna be able to make the show. Would you sponsor a ticket? Yeah, but. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yeah, I'll sponsor tickets. So I would take these tickets that they sponsored and I'd go hand them to people. 
just around. I'm like, hey, man, there's a show tonight. Come over, check it out. Show, free ticket, a show, free ticket. So we'd have the crowd show up. And mm-hmm. then that's how we won a lot of our fan base was just people who didn't even know who we really were. But then we passing these tickets out that we had other people buy so that we had the heads in there. So then, you know, Cervantes was like, damn, they always getting people? Yeah, we're getting people no, in yeah, there. Yeah, they're getting people there. Right? And so that was what's up. And so that was what we would do. You know, and that's why we did that shit. And so, but after a while, it got boring. Um, and not just boring, but life started happening for me again. You right. know, a lot of crazy shit started going down. Um, you know, my brother had passed away, had got murdered, and a lot of shit went down. So yeah. I was just like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, that happened, and then um, cousin got shot, and just it was just terrible shit. So that's when I got with U.S. Pipe, and then I was like, I need to do something else. And, and I knew that was my ticket to travel. You know, it was mm-hmm. my ticket to start touring and like go somewhere and do. Were you something. going all over and, with them, or yeah, we were we were going everywhere, we were touring all over the place, and that was what was dope. And then that's why I was so upset when um when he decided that he didn't want to pay us right. He's trying you to know? get that um that um I just had the fucking word on my mind. Just trying to try, charge you that entrance fee. Well, he didn't. You know? He didn't. He didn't have to, right? Like we was, mm-hmm. we was going. We was, we was popping. We was making shit happen. Um, we was getting a lot of notoriety. We got the cover of the Westward, and then the opening spread of the Westward. Like okay. we had the like you open it up, and it was just us. Like you know, Colorado music buzz is just us. You know what I'm saying? They're writing about us in the Denver Post, and like yeah, I mean KTCL was playing us, man. Al from KTCL was has like always has been playing my music. Like, he's always done it. Like, he's been one of the number one cats that was always, like, playing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so then when that happened, um, I we, dis, you know, Citrus dismantled the band and didn't tell anybody. And we found out the next day um, through, like, like Facebook or some shit. I don't know. That's that bullshit. But I was like, ah, whatever. So I talked to the band and I said, hey, man, let's take a little bit of time off and then let's try to regroup. And then we decided who we were going to keep in and who mm-hmm. we were not going to let in. And so we kept. I kept uh, Chris Murphy, the the um, um, the drummer, like really good friend. Um, kept Kurt Rosenbecker, the bass player. Then we had uh, Mikey Kiesa and Jimmy Kiesa, the trumpet player and sax player. He's the one who uh, Mikey Mike um, and them do Analog Sun. Okay. They have that group called Analog Sun, but we had them. Um, and then we just sat back, and then I came up with the name Rebel Tongue. You know, Rebel Tongue was basically, you know, just to spit against everything. Everything that everybody thinks is right that's wrong. We just rebels in that shit. So it's just, that's what it was about. Hell yeah. Hey, when it comes to a band, it seems like the actual band always tried to get the majority of the money. Kind of like when we talked to like um, Future Jazz and... Mm-hmm. Um, was it the brake mechanics kind of the same thing like you know mm-hmm. what I mean you got an MC is I get it everyone does their part but really I mean in my mind the MC is the one really controlling and the, you know yeah I mean? I mean but you know and not only that we figured out a way to make sure that it was fair like I, I was you know me and Murphy were straight transparent about the money you know what I'm saying and it was fair down the line. and But I was writing everything. Not only was I writing the lyrics, yeah. but I was writing all the songs and then handing them out. And then Mikey Cheese would take and transpose them, right? He would take and then he would he would put them into 
to where it needs to be note wise and writing it out. But like I'd go home and write this, you know, on the keyboard right. and put it together and be like, what do you think about that? Then after a while, once we did that, we started collabing, right? And we started being like, you know, let's do this or here's this foundation of it. What do you think? And then Kurt was put his little stank on it with the bass. And mm-hmm. so we, we went at it like that, you know what I'm saying? And How many members friend. were there? Um, it was one, Kurt, me, Murphy. Um, so at first it was like six. So my thing is splitting the money fucking six ways is already rough. Yeah, but everybody you're not getting paid a thousand dollars. Yeah, night. but everybody still everybody yeah. still had some um, everybody still had some you know jobs and shit. So, yeah. but you know we started making money, then we started selling albums, and we was doing shows, and then we picked up momentum again um, with this band. And um, at that time, I was just way I was I had been through so much that I never dealt with from all the way from the beginning of everything Mm -hmm. that I was like, you know, um, the whole concept of us moving any further, I was like, I got to stop. Did you need a break? I I needed to leave. I needed to get away from that environment because I couldn't stop doing cocaine. That's what I was going to say. Was it? Were you getting caught up in the drugs? I was was stuck. I was was trapped in cocaine and drinking like bad. I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? You smoke cigarettes too. And, uh, that's and the, at the time I was smoking cigarettes and I stopped doing right that. There, so right? like, yeah. So I had to stop, you know what I'm saying? And I was, af- I was afraid that I, I, I lost control. Right. I, I knew that I lost control. When did you um, realize that? Um, or I real, I realized that when we were doing the show, we were in New Mexico. Um, and I was I, I was doing this song Bad Motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? Because we with the original Bad Motherfucker was, was with Status. Mm-hmm. Um, he had did the track for that. And then when I got with the band, we transposed it, but there were no notes, so we had to find these notes because it was more digital mm-hmm. um, when Status first did it. And so we pulled in, so it kind of changed a little bit, but it was still the same concept. And I was doing Bad Motherfucker, and I ended up taking a break. I I did a bump, and it was a lot. <laughs> and then I came back up. And I was and I was out of it, right? And I was going through the motions, and um, I don't remember anything after that. So haze, right? And then I went back and looked at the show. Like you could see me going through the motions, still rapping, spitting, because it was already second nature by then yeah. to do the fucking show. And that was it. And well, I was you were like, you were there, but you weren't there. Yeah, and it freaked me out because I didn't remember any of it, you know. And then things just started getting bad, you know, just in general with everything else and. You know, I mean, a lot of people just keep going at that point. I was like, yo, like, I knew, like, I needed to stop. Right. I needed to stop. I needed to figure this shit were, out. Were you ever that person that was like, I need my drugs before I perform? Yeah, all the time. You know what I mean? Like, if, if so I, I, had, I, had, I, had a, I had a formula, <clears throat> right? So I had a formula. I had, um, um, because for me, I had bad anxiety, first of all. So if I had to walk through a crowd, we used to do festival shows, mm-hmm. I hated fucking walking through the crowd. I put my hoodie on. Fucking wrap my head up tight in my hoodie and I just mob, right? And I just follow who's in front yeah. of me. Um, and there was, it's horrible. Like, I remember we opened for KRS One and saw Dove, and I was um, getting ready to go on, and I'm in this coughing spell, and my stomach is like, oh shit, you know, and I can't stop coughing and shit, and I feel like I'm about to fucking throw up. Yeah. And then as soon as my track comes on, like, I've always trained myself to go, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's, the, here's the fucking verse, the verse, and then here's that tone, like, boom. Damn, right and you're in it so then right then i deliver so it was always okay when i was on stage when i got off stage i was never okay right 
Right. It was always something. Like I felt. It was like you were so much in the routine on stage that it was just. Well, the, it was a safe place. Yeah. Right. It was. It was like there's a there's a sacred mound, like a, a, a center of, of vibration that's at the center of that circle. Especially when you have a band, you sit right in the middle. You have your mic. You got the wedges. You have all the sounds and, and at the level you need them in your wedges, and then you have it around you. Right. So it's a different kind of vibe than it is having just a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um. And so yeah, I used to. I used to have a. a Red Bull and vodka, right? Mm-hmm. I'd have my Red Bull and motherfucking vodka, and I'd have um, a beer, and then I have a bump, and then I go smoke a cigarette, and I come back and have another bump, and then I be ready. Be ready to roll. And it was the same thing every time. Same thing. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I didn't start even doing cocaine until I got with a band. Yeah. Do you remember the first time it was introduced to you or someone asked you? <clears throat> Shit, the first time it was introduced was when I was uh, hanging out with P-Funk one time. Um, like when you Mishawaka, say P-Funk, you're George talking, Clinton, you're P-Funk. talking Parliament, Parliament Funk G-Funk, Delic, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was telling the I story. How, the, yeah, I was telling the story how I met him, though, because um, um, the way that I met them was when I was younger. Uh, my mom knew them, mm-hmm. and she had told us one day, she's like, we need to go um, take some people some food. And I was like whatever my brothers was like fuck that i ain't taking nobody no food right <laughs> so i was like i got you cooked it up you know we drive and we get there we get to the spot we go in it's the studio there's not anybody there at the moment and then i'm sitting there chilling and around the corner you know i hear like this voice Shit, it was on, it was on. yeah man no, just like I, I smell food right <laughs> And then he comes around the corner, and I'm like, holy shit. And this was when I was, this is all around 13, 14-ish. And he comes around the corner, and I just froze up. Like, oh, shit, that's George Clinton, right? Because yeah. I would heard all the albums. I, like, listen to every fucking album, every drop of that shit. And then he comes around the corner, and then Gary Scheider, Star Child, comes around the corner. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the beginning of that. Like, I didn't know that that we was cooking for him. I'm like, these dudes about to eat the fucking food that we just made. You know when what I'm saying? When you met him later on in life, did you kind of ever tell him that story or did they just know? Well, they know because at that knew? point, because at that point, I got to stay in the studio. Like, my mom left and I stayed in the studio. Like, they was like, you can stay, but you need to stay over there. I was like, I don't give a fuck where I stay. Like, I just said. Yeah. So that was the beginning of the relationship of, of with me and Gary. Um, Gary, I started reaching out to him and talking to him and trying to, figure out things on the music tip right and then i thought i was so cool with him one day we went to see a show and they kind of taped it off for us because we was underage but we was at the front and i was like you know why he did this because he's gonna put me on stage <laughs> i'm gonna get up there and rap in a minute <laughs> so i'm telling that to my brother and shit and all my friends that we brought and they're like thinking i'm gonna get up there and i'm like really full of ego and think that because i know him and i've talked to him and we chill and shit that i was gonna get up on the stage uh-huh <laughs> Bullshit, man. Yep. All the way to the end, right? And then at the end, I was like, yo, I was like, why you didn't get on stage? He said, because we went to the back to the green room, and I was like, why I didn't get on stage? He was like, what have you done to get on stage? You haven't earned it. He's like, the, he's like, really, what have you done? He was like, you didn't do shit to get on stage. He was like, he was like, you rapped at the studio. That was great. You're a good rapper. And so I took all that time to really figure it out. And then finally, when I got with Citrus and U.S. Pipe, we opened for him. And it was the best moment because I the bet. other cats, the other cats that always used to look at me crazy, like his, like George's grandkids and shit like that. That was like, Who's this nigga always around, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was a big moment, you know what I'm saying? And like, um, but even then, I, like, there was a one 
time where uh, Gary had offered me some, but I I was like, nah, I'll do that shit. Right. And he was like, good for you. Don't ever start. Right. Nah. So you know, he was cool with me. It broke my heart when he died. Uh, when he passed away, it fucked me up a lot because like I keep having all these people dying. You Man, know? And like, then uh, the other one was Gil Scott Heron. Gil Scott Heron was a good mentor to me as well. Like people didn't know that. Right. And that was like even even with Gary Shiner, like I didn't make it known that like I could call Gary Shiner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, yeah, I got Gary Shiner's phone number and I could talk to George and them, right? Yeah. Like they're coming to Red Rocks and I'm about to be up there chilling with them. Like I didn't do that shit. It's all on um, low. Yeah, and so when when even even when um Gil Scott Heron died, like that shit fucked me up again. I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a point that I was hopeless, you know what I'm saying? I was like, this is this the end result of every fucking thing that's gonna happen? Like everybody's just dying, you know what I'm saying? And so like that was that that scared me enough. Um, and then I thought I had throat cancer, too, right? Cause uh, I had this flap because of singing and rapping and talking and fucking doing all this shit at the same yeah. time, right? Like on a regular basis, show, 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 show. I get to the doctor and the doctor's like, nah, he's like, um, you don't have throat cancer. He's like, but you need to quit drinking and smoking. He's like, it's destroying your, you have, you have these little nodules on your vocal cords. He's like, you gotta stop. You were just living that life. Like, not like in moderation, but like. Nah, I wasn't living in moderation at fucking all, bro. Not at all. My, and, the, and another thing that happens when my brother died, I tore up my fucking house. I'm not lying. Like, I'm, wrecked it? I fucked my house up. Damn. I fucked my house up, bro. Everything, TV, everything. And then when I woke up, because I was drunk and high, um, when I woke up, that was it. That was another one, right? Like it was like there was all these things, these big ass red flags. Like, bro, you're 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 fucking up. Yeah. You know, and there wasn't anybody there to stop me. Like my band was like, no, we got you. You can't stop me though, right. right? Like you, you don't have the power to stop me from doing this. <laughs> and so they're like, "No, we'll look out for you if you just, you know, Hell stay though. in the band and do this and do that." And at that point, I was like, "I can't do this anymore, right? I cannot continue." And and the reality is, I love music. I love it with a passion. You know, I love everything about it—the engineering aspect, learning frequencies mm. and radio waves and where they go and how to how to pan and how to move and how to produce right like i love the vibe of it all but it's all attached to that see what i'm saying it's a, it's all attached to that mm -hmm. so like even if i go back to perform as long as i've been sober and everything i've done that shit's gonna fall for second gonna, nature yeah. then it's the truth like i don't care what anybody says like you have armor right i know that my armor does not work on stage right right and that's why i want to do a show with my son because me and him get up there we rock this dope show pass the torch show him what it's like to have a full ass band that you kind of navigate and control and they're and they're with you you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you're just kind of moving with them and they're moving with you and you guys are moving in sequence he doesn't know what that feels like right you know what i'm saying and like that's there's nothing like that like you can't is you can't put a CD on and be like, yeah, check this out. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's cool with a DJ. But when you have fucking five, six, eight fucking people up on stage all playing instruments, doing something different, there is something. And it's all working in unison. Mm -hmm. You can't, yo, and you're high. <laughs> <laughs> and you're high too. Quit playing, man. It's something else that you can't even really explain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't explain it. I know you don't have an Instagram, but. 
once again, there's these guys, man, and I see them every day, and they're always playing someone's classic beat, and they're just a band. Yeah. And they were playing NWA Express Yourself. They're just the instrumental. And it's dope. I mean, it just, you know, it's something about it, you know, that is just, it's just amazing. And so I learned a lot, though, um, being around George and them and being around, you know, all these other cats and just learning stuff. I learned a lot, but it made me realize, like, that the world's not just about me. Right. And I got to that point that I was so arrogant, you know, disrespectful, just out of control. Reckless, like you said. Very very reckless. Not giving a fuck. Very reckless. And that's when I was like, yo, you got to change this. So when I stopped, my band was was mad, of course. They Mm -hmm. were fucking pissed, you know what I'm saying? Because we had worked so hard. We just released the album, Moving On. Um, And we just shot a video for one of the songs um, called... uh, Tell them why mm-hmm. we just shot that video, um, and, and then I just was like, I gotta go. And so I stopped. I started doing construction, which was I don't know where fuck that came from, but I stopped and started doing construction. I'm not a manual labor ass <laughs> motherfucker. And I hated that shit, bro. I was like, I'm not doing this no more. So then, like, I uh, I started my own little. Uh, I, well, first I left from there and went to a, a temp agency because I wanted to get in the culinary field. So I went to a temp agency and they sent me to all these places and shit. I got to learn everything square one and, you know, and then finally I found a place I wanted to stay at. I stayed there. They hired me on. It was the Westin. I stayed there learning under the chef Jean-Pierre and shit. And then that shit was dope. And then he was like, you got to go. You know, because you're doing too much. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook? And what do you, what's your... Um, my favorite thing is Italian food. Okay. Um, because I, I learned it from a cat named Gaspar. He has restaurants uh, named Vincenzo's. Um, and he showed me like authentic Italian food and I didn't realize like how not authentic the Italian food in Colorado is. I used to think that they really throwing down. They're not, not. they're not. And so like, that was, that's my favorite thing, especially when, you know, people are like, Oh, you're black. You think you cook some fucking Italian food. Like I'll tear your ass up and some Italian food. Um, but it was the beginning of that. That's when I went from that and I went to another place. I became a head chef of a spot left that spot and then I became like an executive food service director at the at this multi-million dollar facility that we were at did that for a few years and then backed up and then um, started my own company and I did that for a long time um, and then uh, I went to go and you know help this company um, with their food program they hired me onto that place and I let you know my business kind of be run by somebody else and then Jumped over, and then the CEO made me the assistant executive director of where I'm at now. Okay. You know, so, like, it's full circle for real, man. And it's it's been, you know, I just want people to know that when you know you're tired and you know that you got to, that it's time for you to stop doing something, Mm -hmm. trust yourself. I got some questions for you. Yeah. How did you meet Status? Um, me and Status was at a show, man. Um, we were at a show. I don't remember. I think it was at the Soil Dove. They were doing some, um, uh, like, night where they had just, like, random artists and shit, you know. And then he came up to me, and he was like, yo, your shit's dope. He was like, I make beats. And at the time, I was like, great. You know, it's the yeah. white boy coming up. That's good. You make beats. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm proud of you, right? <laughs> That's, That's kind of how it was. I wasn't I wasn't really super dickhead about it, right. but it was like, it was like, like whatever. I man. was like, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, because at that point, I'd already been like exposed to so many fucking things, and I was just in a way different place. But so, um, 
So then a couple of, I think a couple of weeks went by mm-hmm. and I um, hit him up because at that time I had a bunch of legal shit going on. And so I wasn't really giving a fuck about beats, you know. Right. You're worried about life. I wasn't thinking about dropping an album. I wasn't thinking about doing any more shows at the time. I was like, let me fall back. And then a couple of weeks later, I hit him up, you know, and he was like, yo, you know, he was like, I'm glad you hit me up. He was like, I should come, you know, to the house and check out some beats and shit and see what I do. And then I got to his house and, you know, he'd be cutting some shit up. Yeah. And so, like, he cooked some shit up and then I was going to court and then I, you know, we talked for a minute and then I got arrested. And then, well, well, court took me in and I had to do some time. And that's when I um, was reaching out to him and recording. And so I wrote the album and then when I got out, we recorded it. Right, that's um, that's when you were talking about listening to the beats over the phone in yeah, jail, right? Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, it was funny because like people would just they were like the cats in the jail was just looking at me, right? Because they're like, who they're like, who just sits on the phone and listens? Right. Like, nigga, get off the phone. I'm like, bro, mind your fucking business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this ain't your phone call. You know, so they thought I was just sitting on the phone playing like I was talking to people and shit because I was like sitting on the phone and I'm like writing and I'm like, you know, like counting these this this fucking bars and this cadence. Right. So on my paper, I was writing what the cadence was on the fucking paper so that when I stopped, when I went back, I remember what the cadence of that beat was. Right, so I can so I can go back to write because I wasn't gonna write it all the way on the phone call. Mm-hmm. I just got enough of that beat to be like, right. Yeah. So then it'd be in my head, and, and I'd be like, "Here's how that go." So I catch that. Yeah. Digging my style, I'm a better. Yeah, right. So like it was that kind of shit that that I did, and so I did it for every song that I wrote. And then when we got there, we recorded that shit. And I had already had it memorized by yeah. then. So like I didn't have paper. That's why if you listen to the albums. Like I'm, most of my songs are all spit through memory, right? Not because I had a paper in front right. of me and that shit, and that was how they were spit. It was me memorizing so that I could, so I could be in the pocket, you know? Because there's like, like when I, and, I, and when I say that, I mean like, it's different when you're reading it, right? Than when you know it, right? When you know it, you get to fuck with it. You're in the pocket of that shit hard. Right, because like the, the yeah the bad the so the bad motherfucker song like the reason I wrote that was because it was true, yeah. like it, there's no doubt about it. Like the the ver- the first verse was like, I'm a pro with the rhythm flow with the rhythm. Give me the mic and let go with the rhythm. Keeping it tight for all those who will listen. For those who don't, that don't know what they're missing. For those who do, they know how I be ripping. Jump in your face, watch fake fools dipping. Coming to the place, catch fake fools sipping. Don't give a damn, my whole cool flipping. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's the moment that you get to sit in that fucking pocket and so that's how I started practicing you know what I'm saying I started right. practicing so then when we was time to do shows I didn't have to sit and do too many rehearsals cause I was already, already I was already ready you know what I'm saying and that's and, and so when I got with the band we were doing like four hour shows damn compared to when we was doing shit with, when me and Status was doing shit <laughs> we was getting like 45 minutes an hour at the most mm-hmm. when I got with US Pipe we were doing four hours Damn. We was doing covers, P phone covers. We was doing um, Eddie Hazel Getting, covers. We was doing your money. We was doing all kind of shit, and then doing all of our our, our original material too. You ever get the Twister comparisons? To, to compare to Twister? Yeah. Nah. I mean, people would say stuff like, you know. Does that kind of make you mad or? Nah, it doesn't make me mad. I mean, I respect that dude, man. I respect mm-hmm. the hell out of him. He he really cornered the market and knocked that shit out. Him and Tech. You know, with how they spit. You know, what I'm I was saying. I gonna ask it, you, who's the who's the who's the best fast rapper? You have Twister, 
You have Tech Nine. I throw Buster Rhymes in there. You know what I mean? You might say kind of Bone Thugs Harmony with the. Little so let me say so I wouldn't. I wouldn't so even let's add break Bone this Thugs. Down real so quick, I now. would. I I personally, you know, like the way that Tech moves it around. Right. I like the way Tech delivers, and I like the way that he. I just like his cadence in it, and when he can move shit around the mm-hmm. way that he writes and his delivery. You know what I'm saying? And not to sound like the rest of them, but like. If the, if I wanted to bump somebody like on a road trip, it's gonna be tech. And let me ask you this: When you record, what's your process? Can you knock out the verse from front to back? Or are you punching in? Or no, nah, I don't punch. Cause, I don't cause, fucking like I was telling my son. I, he was we were doing something, and he was like, "Just punch, Dad." I was uh, like, "Punch who you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> punch who you? I was like, "Nah," because for me, for me, it's like so. I, the reason I don't like to punch is because you 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 practice how you play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so if I practice like this, I'm a fuck up on that point all the time now. Right. right? If I'm if I'm afraid to deliver that shit and get through it, or I don't find a way to, to get my breath control right to deliver that shit, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it every time I perform it. It's gonna be a dip in that, right? It's gonna be a disconnect from this part to that part. So it's like, how do I get my breath control right? I tell my son, walk up a fucking hill, spit your lyric, mm-hmm. and walk down that hill. Walk back up that hill or run. And spit that lyric. So by the time you get ready to deliver it again, you've already trained your breath control for that track, for that verse. Mm-hmm. So now you don't have no, no, no. I don't like that. Let me ask I'm, you. I mean, I, and people do it good for good for them, yeah. but I'm not a fan. I want to say I seen like a video of Tech Nine where he basically kind of like does the Tupac like four, five or six tracks and just mm-hmm. fill it, you know, match it all together. And he just runs it. Is that like, cheating? But he just look if he if if but to you. But, but to me. It's not cheating because he delivers it live. Right. Okay. Have you ever seen a live show? Not a Tech Nine show. We did the live show with him, and I mm-hmm. felt like I wanted to quit rapping. Because it was him. Man. It was him, Cut Calhoun, and Chris Calico. Uh-huh. Right when they was when they was real tight. Yeah. And I mean that show, their fucking stage show is ridiculous. It was tight. Nice. Like for three MCs to be on stage, it was. It's just the way that they molded it together. Like, I got to give props to that that show. Their, his stage show was amazing. Like, never, hands down. Never seen it, bro. You have to check it out. I'm going to have to. I mean, to. you have to check. And, and live, it's something else because you're like, damn. Right? And, and everybody knows where they're supposed to spit so he can take a minute yeah. to get his shit back oh, together. Exactly. To, right? So saying. they're tight. Right? They're not up there all they're fucking faded and drunk yeah. and stumbling around each other. They know where they're moving. They know what the next track is. They know who needs to be where, what side of the stage, who's amping this side. Right? And Tech is so smart that he sees where the crowd is lagging at and he'll get over to that side of the stage mm-hmm. and he'll have them intertwined. Right, so let's say if the energy's low for like Chris Calico, then he'll move over there. Chris Calico will move, then he'll move over here, and then they keep that crowd so fucking lit, yeah. like lit. That's that's a, that's that's a stage show. Like when you're yeah. aware of your crew and you're not just sitting there in one place or walking back and forth because you're nervous, mm-hmm. but you have a reason. You know what I'm saying? You're limiting your amount of steps on stage to not wear yourself out. Besides Tech Nine, who is blowing you away with their performance on stage? Uh, Outcast. I've never seen Outcast. Dog, I've seen a ton of conscious, a ton of classic conscious. Outcast, but never seen yeah, Outcast. Um, you know who what else? I really like, bro? I seen D12, and I was not psyched for them at all because they didn't have Eminem. But they was and live. They huh? Killed that shit, bro. Yeah. I was like them, and I was just seeing this the other day too. M1. 
Dead Prez is tight. Never mm. really been, you know, a big, big Dead Prez fan, but I want to see an M1 and Ghostface. Yeah. And M1's CD came out the next day, and that fool killed it so much. Um, that and Wu Tang, Wu Tang, though, too. Um, Method Man and, and Red Man, yeah. those two by themselves, just two cats. Yeah. Right, with a DJ? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two do. Because we were up at the Aggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we opened for them there, and uh, just to step off the stage and watch uh-huh. was absolutely ridiculous. Can I say something about that though? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. So I seen him in Denver, at the Aggie, and at Boulder, mm-hmm. all same weekend. Did you? Yeah, I thought it'd, you I thought it'd be cool. And what'd you think? Oh, I was disappointed. Why? Shout out to Redman, I love them. They're dope. But their whole show, and I get it. I get it, though, now. Their whole show was scripted down to the jokes. Mm-hmm. Down to the last. Yeah, because like, you, you were like. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Because you watched it. You watched the show. And the third But see, and yeah, I get you. I, I would I, be disappointed, too. After 300 shows a year, though. You gotta, but you gotta think, years, and, you know? and and you gotta think like those cats know right now like how much time they're gonna be on stage, how oh, many shows they're gonna do, no extra, what they gotta you do, no they get no this shit, and it's, then they're out, right? Now. So it's, it's it become yeah, a job, and so I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with P Funk. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Once I first saw their show, I was like, damn, this is amazing. But then as you go and you're with them and you're seeing them, and you mm-hmm. see it again and again and again. It is a script. Now, right, I was, was going to ask you, you does do P-Funk play the same set over and over at each show? They, no, they switch it up a they little bit. Up. They switch up some stuff, you know what I'm saying? They do a couple little different things, um, but it just depends. Now they're doing something different because it's the new generation. It's the new generation of funk, so it's his grandkids and mm-hmm. kids who are now moving that funk stuff into another direction. Have you ever really listened to Grateful Dead in back in the day or not? Yeah, I used to listen to them a lot. I mean, you know, Stat used to bump some of it. Well, the know? one thing about the Grateful Dead is they had, you know, their own cult. Mm-hmm. Their own fucking um, oh, should I have the word again? Following the little cult, yeah, their um, yeah, their um, uh, subculture, yeah. And these people would follow them state to state to state to state to go. People shows. have some people like that too. But the Grateful Dead would never play the same set in a row. That's wild. And that was a big thing with their people is going to the show and recording the tape, and people have thousands of tapes and that are different. <laughs> show if you, that's if hey, have, that's if they, dope. If they, if they have four shows in Denver. They might not even play the fucking same song in each set. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that they have that much good music, and it was <coughs> That's like dope. I've seen them a couple times just to see them jam, and like you said, it's something like I've never seen before. Mm. You know, I mean, and and you got to think music is it is a job, right? Like everybody start out, it's a, a labor of love, but <clears throat> it comes down to timing too, because mm-hmm. you know you do a show, and the promoters like we want you to do the show, and automatically like how much time. How much time are we talking? Yeah. And how much are we are we talking about? So you're now dividing whatever that amount is through those hours, and that means that what are we gonna what are we gonna perform? Right. Right. If they're paying you low end, you gonna give them a low end show. Yeah. Unfortunately, some are gonna do that. Some are like, fuck that. We still gonna do a show. We are gonna do this hard, right? We are gonna knock this out. Um, and it just depends, you know. Like it just depends on who you're with and what what's, what's where you're at. Because some people get really tired of that. They get tired of the of the stage. They get tired of the drama. They get tired of the It's almost on being like on the Clippers or some that losing basketball team it's when just, you know you're not going to go anywhere. It's just year. like you know, I'm done. You know, I mean, for me, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't ever hate anything that I did, right? I don't hate anything that I, any experience that I went through with being on stage, um, or doing music. I just knew when it was time to go, and mm-hmm. I know that everything led up to this point for the work I do now, and I wish I would have been doing this work a long time ago. Oh yeah.
you know. But trust me, when when we were when we were on stat, you know, us, we did a lot of shows. We no, paved we paved, we paved the way for a lot of people, whether people want to admit it or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? Like we were the ones that when y'all when y'all cast when these other cats weren't getting no shows. Right, we were opening the door and being like, "Yo, y'all want to come rock this show?" Or mm-hmm. hey, or we'd be like, "We're not doing this show. Do y'all want to do this show?" Right? It's with such and such, you know. what I'm saying like, we we're not gonna do it, or you know, do y'all want to do a collab or something like that? Um, and then because like, trust me, there was nobody like getting paid. They're giving everybody drink tickets. Right. That's why. And I was like pissed off about that. But then we started the first hip hop night at Herbs. Mm -hmm. And that was way before me and Stats started doing the night at Herbs because it was with uh, Microphone Jones, uh, Chones, DJ Chones was there, Africa Sam. um, Who else was there? Africa Sam, Chones, Mike Jones, me, a couple other cats. But we we were in... Um, and Herbs when we weren't supposed to be. Right. We weren't even old enough. Some of us weren't even old enough to be in there, but we started we started doing the hip hop right there. Yep, and that's where we was at. Never Cervantes? That yeah. used to be the, <laughs> dog, I spent the first 20 years. I've never paid for a Cervantes Yeah, concert. it's so funny, man. It's just funny like how like, things kind of like, how things like, kind of worked and then all of a sudden after Cervantes because like if you remember there wasn't a lot of cats opening for Cervantes they didn't have a lot of hip hop cats opening I remember the first couple shows like Slick Rick no one opened Devin no one opened and then we got in there and we was like yo but we started demanding money though nobody else was and they were doing these shows and they were cool so we had other cats and I ain't gonna say their names but we had other cats who were coming in undercutting saying we'll do it we'll do it for free right we'll do it for exposure fuck that exposure means butt ass naked and that's what you're gonna be if you stop getting paid Right, get something. Yeah. Right. Don't just go in there because then what's going to happen is they're going to keep pulling your weak ass, mm-hmm. and then you think that you're doing something when you're just going to. It's like running on a treadmill. Uh-huh. You're not going anywhere, dog. You're not even respecting yourself enough to get some dough. To get some money. So they was undercutting us, and then they were. They, but the problem was is that they weren't getting the fan yeah, they base. They weren't bringing the people. So then that's when you know them cats came back to us and they was like, "Hey, we got this other show. Do y'all want to do it? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. we're like, "Yeah, we'll do this show." And We'll, you know, we'll go and finesse these tickets yep. and bring a crowd. That's how we. That's that's literally kind of how we generated our off the cuff crowd. Right. Right. Our crowd was so mixed. It was so different. It wasn't like a regular ass crowd. It mm-hmm. was like cats who liked, you know, Immortal Technique, and then cats who liked nonfiction, Real then quick. cats who liked Saul Williams, and you know. Now that you're saying that, I wanted to say this earlier, and I kind of spaced it out. But there's another message for you, man. Like, if you're making a rap label, like, don't have. 20 gangster rappers nah Mm-mm. have a singer have different genres where you put have them together. everything exactly. so that you can have a master show if you want there to you right master like you show. can have a master show and so that's the one thing that i did appreciate about what we had going on you, guys, yeah, you know what i'm saying collective. is that it was a collective of crew right and so it wasn't just one cat and it wasn't just heavy on my side of how mm-hmm. i rap and what my style is and it wasn't just heavy on stat or, or manic or crooked hooks you know what i'm saying like it was a, it was an amalgamation and a and a mix of everybody that kind of just went. Gumbo. So so when things did come up, we were able to hit more heavy on mm-hmm. one side or the other, right? So we didn't have to just be like, we don't belong here. Exactly. Like, yes, we do, because we're going to hit this, and then we're going to sprinkle in with that. Then we're going to end it with this because it's going to be heavy, and then the cre- the crew, the people who are coming on are going to be more along this line mm-hmm. anyway. So it was smart, you know what I'm saying? But yep. Hey, talking about shows, you open up, like you said, for a ton of people. Best show? And worst show, and I'm gonna leave this on you. 
because I want to. Oh man, I shit. Hey, I mean, I can't even. I, like, I can't <laughs> even say the best show, right? Because right. that's 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 relative to what was happening. I'm thinking those Tech with. Nine shows are when you have that shit sold the fuck out. For so it, like, so okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. When we went on for Tech Nine at the Fillmore. It's not oh, it was empty. Ogden. It was Ogden. Yeah, I it's think. not empty. So, but wait, they're like, you guys are going on at six. Yeah, yeah. I was like, the fuck. <laughs> right at first. The fuck do you think we are? Do right. you know who we are? Right? Like, do you know all the work that we've been fucking doing? You son of a bitch. So this is what I'm thinking in my head, but I'm not saying it out loud because because yeah. I know that they're gonna be like, fuck it, yeah. right? And I was like, in my head, me and Stat was outside like six a fucking clock. <sighs> We're like, we'll just do the sound check then, right? That's what that's what's happening in our mind. Like, and you get there. sound check, right? And so we're out in that fucking hallway between the green room and the stage, and we're sitting there. They're like, you guys are on in five, and we're like, whatever, dude. You know, because at this point, yeah. we're just like, whatever, dude. Yeah, exactly. We'll go do the sound check. You're thinking, right? you're thinking that young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in that. You're in that. You're in that mentality. So we're like, yeah, whatever the fuck, right? And then next thing you know, they're like, you guys are on, and they're like. Da 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 da, blah blah blah, whoop doo doo doo, from Colorado, and then wham, right, and then our music starts. We go out there, bad mother, I think it's bad motherfucker that started first. I don't remember what song was, or get him up or something like that. But we walk around that corner, come off, and it is packed. From the front to the back, all you feel like is hot ass motherfucking breath. <laughs> Woo! Just hot ass breath. Whop! You like, oh shit! And we was like, damn. So at that point, like that hope and that motherfucking energy came, and then it was like, boom! It was it, that was probably the best show. Yeah, definitely unexpected. And it was hot. You know what I'm saying? And we yeah. just went like, bam! This shit is dope. You know what I'm oh. saying? Like we was and and we knocked that shit out. Nobody fucked up. Nobody missed any shit. We had somebody up there uh, recording it, which is our status. You got to put that damn video out um so we had somebody up there they're walking the stage recording and catching everybody catching mm-hmm. the crowd and so i'm like damn this is dope you know what i'm saying at the end we get to the very end of the song and we was like you know we're from colorado blah 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 y'all know who we are da, da, da. and it was like yeah that's when we got a whole new squad of fans for real and like it just turned up so it was if there would have been spotify back then or the oh yeah shit, those streams it would have just been donezo for us and we would have blew up yeah yeah so the and and that was great you know what i'm saying it was dope you know being able to meet the cats and chill with them and all that stuff Were and they then pretty down there further down yeah absolutely yep for sure you know down to earth for sure what about that worst show uh, the worst show I'm going to have to give it to the Too Short Show. Uh, and this story. <laughs> I was there. This, <laughs> so this story. So like I have to I have to I have to put it in perspective. Yeah, I've heard it so many different ways. So now we're going to get the uh, you're going to get the you're going to get the real deal. Right. Because everybody's yeah, yeah. like he was just drunk. That motherfucker is drunk. He can't control himself. And this and that. No, I was defending Colorado. Right. And the MCs that fucking that grace Colorado, period. Because there's some dope ass cats out here. Mm-hmm. And so we got this show and then we was like cool we'll do the show um we sell all these tickets i'm busting my ass selling tickets making sure that we get that those people sponsoring that i'm handing these tickets out Mm -hmm. so we get all these people you know we get them all in there and um, we're looking like this is not a too short crowd right ain't nobody there to see too short and then so we do the show we're, we're in the green room and then they walk in, there's, they walk in, they look around like the fuck and start saying shit under their breath. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we're just sitting there chilling, having a good old time like we normally do. Like when we in the green room, if anybody wants to come in there, come in there. We don't give a fuck. 
right? Mm-hmm. We ain't tripping. And then he's like, all oh, these motherfucking white people and shit and all these Colorado people and shit and real on some other shit. And I was just like, this nigga, huh? And like we said, what's funny is he lived here at one time before he was 18. It was it was un, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Like I opened for Coolio in my fucking um in Vail, right? And there was a place where they had a floor that would bounce uh-huh. and shit like that. Coolio, we walked in, he was sitting reading a book, chilled in a motherfucker. No issues. And he's done his shit, you know, whatever. Too short, he come in there with a badass attitude, tripping and shit, talking shit. So we go do the show. He's out in the in the car, in between the car and the green room, and yeah. just sitting out there chilling. We go do the show. We knock this shit out. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's amped. We like, you know, y'all stick around for Too Short. This motherfucker been doing music forever. Y'all know that y'all know a damn Too Short song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember listening to Too Short when I lived in the project. I remember buying the bootlegs, The fuck, bro, bitch, the bitch. Yeah. You know? So we knew. So I knew about it. You know, like, I didn't have any ill will towards that cat. Then when we back there, and he's like, you know, talking shit, Colorado ain't shit. I don't even know why I said yes to this bullshit ass show. Woot woot woo, fucked up punk ass rappers and da 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 da. Oh, and I'm shit. just sitting in the back and and me, I'm always like, like you, I hate that shit, right? Like yeah. I hate the level of disrespect when you don't even know what cats have done and the work that's been put in, but you just assuming, mm-hmm. you know, because it's Colorado and Colorado's had that that fucking Cowtown. Um, yeah, the Cowtown concept and, and motherfuckers don't know shit and we ain't this and that and, you know, and we just copy this or copy that. So I was pissed. I was upset, you know, and status was like, no, man, just chill. And the drunker I got, the more fucking pissed off more I got. Enraged. The more enraged because then he gets up there and he's like, y'all motherfuckers ain't shit. Y'all motherfuckers ain't, ain't, ain't ready to party. You know, woo woo and like going off, and they're just look. The crowd's looking at him like whatever. Yeah. They're like whatever the fuck, you know. Um, and so there was one point where I was really just about to walk on stage, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Like I'm about to walk on stage. Ko sitting next to me. Status is like, and I whispered to Status, I was like, "I'm about to fuck too short up." <laughs> I'm about to get him. I was like, "I'm about to fuck." Status looks at me right, and he's like, "Oh, whatever, fool." And he looks at me, and I'm dead ass serious. Like, nah. He was like, "Look at all his fools. I don't give a fuck who's up there right now, right?" Like, I give zero fucks. I'm about to fuck this dude up. So I'm getting ready to walk up there and shit. And then Ko like kind of grabs me and shit and kind of he kind yeah Ko's Ko square for sure. You Shout know what I'm out. saying? He he's, he 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 you know and, and especially my unstable ass the time being drunk. He was able just to kind of pull me down and just mm-hmm. snatch me and move me around and move me out. Um, and then we was out there. He's like, dude, he's like, you need to calm down. He's like, you need to calm the fuck down. I'm like, fuck that bitch. I was like, fuck that fool. Like, I'll fuck Too Short up. Too Short come out here talking shit about Colorado. All the work we did. I was like, that ain't even this crowd. That's when I was like, watch. Walked in. I said, whoever was here to see us, let's go outside. Boom. That nigga ended up having like fucking 50 people left in there. And he was pissed at that point. He was like, we ain't doing this. So everybody's outside. We outside smoking weed, uh-huh. smoking cigarettes, talking to shit, chilling, motherfuckers getting CDs. And it was that was it. But I was going to kick his ass. And that was the worst show for the simple fact of how it turned out. You know what I'm saying? And like that whole, that, that was probably that was one of the worst shows. You know, it was just bullshit. And like, I hate how these MCs come out here and like, we, we like making sure, because like a lot of these MCs are hot elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then they come here and it's like, you only hot because we brought the crowd in. And and one thing that they don't get out there is like, we smoke a lot of weed in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So when we go to a concert, like, I'm already five blunts down. 
I'm not like I'm off liquor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! I'm we wait. We, yeah, we in the groove. We, we yeah, we ain't go. And that's what he was hoping for yeah. was you know we know how the crowd is like we know that they're feeling it and where they are and they chill. But he was just super insulting and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like to everybody. And it was like, damn, he needs his ass kicked, right? right? Like he's just rolling he's around saying what he want to say. And it's not that. And like I say, too short. Give props. He's been in the game a long time, but his shit is like one ongoing song. Same shit. Right. And if you've ever listened to the podcast, like we were talking about earlier, he lived here at one time. Yeah, he did. Fiends plays That's what... Freaky Tales, which is laced over the Houdini beat, um, Five Minutes of Funk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just pissed me and, off. And you know weird, what I'm saying? I've researched this a little bit, and you go through his stuff, and it always starts at 19... Oakland. Mm. Well, where are you? Where were you for sixteen? Yeah, where were you? Yeah. yeah. So and that, and that was the thing is that yeah, you know and and actually, like it was just it was just that moment because at that point, at that point we had opened for Dead Prez, we had helped before Immortal and, and in the same place Dead mm-hmm. Prez, Immortal Technique, Nappy Roots, um, Saul Williams, uh, Ill Bill, Necro. Who else was it? Uh, now what's funny is I could tell when y'all started performing because I've been to concerts at Cervantes with Slaughterhouse. Mm. 10 people D12 10 people Been there You know A couple shows Where man You're like Where's everyone at Yeah I mean it was Let me see I gotta look at this thing Cause I have a Status used to have This board On his uh, He used to have This board at the crib With all the shit That we did Um, And it had All of the damn people That we played with And I can't even Name them all Let me see Here it is so let me see, Guru. So we open for Guru, yeah. Necro, Dead Prez, um, Feral Too March. Short, Feral March, Dilated Peoples, uh, Nappy Roots. Who else is over here? Um, R.A. the Rugged Man. Yep. I remember that one at Cervantes. And these other ones, I can't even see where they are. They're so damn far down. But um, yeah, we was like, we was like knocking out shows, man. You know, like we was knocking out shows left to right, meeting these cats, selling out big ass tickets. Like we had good shows. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just a few handful of people sitting in the nah, crowd. I know what you're talking about. Do you know and what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing is that about. people be like, "Well, y'all, you know, like they they would think that we was making shit up." Like we had full fucking crowds yeah. of people like chilling all the way to the end of the night. You know, and so like what what bothered me was like we was too short came at a he. He did that shit at a bad time in my life. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? And like I would have I would have been okay getting my ass kicked to whoop his ass. And they would have jumped me and whatever, but it would have been well worth it to be like, yo, stop with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, like too short got beat up in Colorado. See, we we got the real story because I totally thought it was like on some hustle and flow shit. Like you gave him a CD. What I heard is you gave him a CD. Oh, it's our group, and he kind of got it and fucking threw it. Nah, I didn't give two first. Mm-hmm. Sh- li- listen, when I when I meet people, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not starstruck. Yeah. I met some of the biggest legends: Maceo Parker, Bootsy, mm-hmm. P Funk. You know what I'm saying? Like those cats who actually really mean some shit. Like who really make music, who really make moves, and who have been influences on major motherfucking yeah, major, people. Crazy, right? Man. Like the whole Chronic album was George Clinton shit. <laughs> Like we even know, like I, I don't want to fucking uh, like too like too short. Here's my album. Like I didn't give that nigga shit. I didn't mm-hmm. put anything in his fucking hand. Like why would I? What would too short do for me? With the music, with the style of music and the shit that I talk about, what would it be like for me going on tour with fucking too short? 
Well, if he was smart, he would book a cat like you. Yeah, but he's he, not smart. But at the end of the day, like, why? Like, why would I get that dude a CD? It was not on no hustle and flow shit. It wasn't her ego. Mm-hmm. It was that this fool was talking about how Colorado sucks and all the rappers there ain't shit. Like, if I'd have just called a couple of the hardhead ass rappers to come up there, they'd have beat his ass. Yeah. I'd have had a squad of like if I did what I wanted to do, I'd have had a squad of people up there and we'd have just made some shit like happen for right. real. And I'd have just waited till they left. But I was so fucking drunk and just like pissed off, like this is bullshit. But it wasn't like that. Like it was straight the way. So before when he first came back there, I wasn't drunk. Uh-huh. I was sober listening to this shit, and it was before we even hit the stage that he was on some fucking hateful shit. Like not, you don't know what motherfuckers got going in their lives and what they've done to make this shit happen and mm-hmm. all the work that they put in to get this footwork done. To and you're here, and, and not only that, but you're you're getting the spot that we should already fucking have. Yeah. That was what pissed me off a lot because we're opening for these cats that are not pulling, and then they're getting they're they're getting the fucking spot. The big check too. They're getting the opener spot, and we're wearing their asses out. Like we were open shows and wear the fuck out of these people. They was like, damn. Yeah, I'm a Ari the Rugged Man. When we got off stage at the marquee, he was like, yeah, he, he was like, you can tell that this is y'all city. Mm-hmm. He was like, you can tell that y'all motherfuckers do this here, mm-hmm. right? Because we went on stage at the marquee, beat the motherfucking bricks off that stage, and that's what it, that that was the dopest compliment that we got. Yeah, especially ever. from like someone like Ra, bro. Yeah, like, I mean that was the dopest compliment. So I be telling people all this shit, and they're like, well, that, it sounds far for no. There's receipts for this shit. Yeah. There's people who was around and witnessed this shit and saw like the work that we did. I'm not trying to brag. That's why I fell back. Mm-hmm. Like I could have told all this shit and said all this shit before, but I fell back because everybody can have their story. But the reality was, this dude was disrespectful to Colorado in general. Like straight up, fuck, miss me with that shit. Oh, for sure. You know, and so that's why I was so pissed off. And it was just like, I was willing to kick his ass. Because, you know, if you're so tough, let's knock this shit out, dog. Yeah. But it wasn't the case. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad the KO did stop me. Right. You know, I mean, that, that fool, sh- it shows that he that they give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? And that it wasn't, they didn't think it was that serious. But to me, it was. Crazy, crazy. Next question. You, I know you said you've been to jail a couple of times. What's the craziest shit you've ever seen in jail? Have you ever had to fuck somebody up like big time in jail, like for fucking with you? But you're a big nah. Dude, bro. There was I don't really see people fucking with you, but then I kind of they do. they be rocking the test thing, yeah, right? Yeah, they be trying yeah. to test you and see they, like, yeah. are you are you a big teddy bear? Or yeah, you gonna whoop gonna my ass, me, right? Yeah. So I've had moments where I've had to fuck people up, and then I've been you know separated for a little bit out of the pod and shit like that. But like I never went to prison, no. right? Two different things. Jail and prison ain't even the fucking same. Would you say that jail like the county's worse than prison or? Um, I don't know because I ain't well, never been to prison. True, that. you know what I'm saying. I couldn't compare it. I know what people say. You yeah. know what I'm saying. Um, but for me, I think any place being locked up is fucked oh, up. Yeah. Your freedom being gone in any any aspect is fucked up. Real talk, right? detention. So, like, <laughs> I can't go to lunch. Even 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 if you're an ISS man, it's school suspension. It's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything that that separates you from just being able to move freely is bad. The situation I told you about when I got caught up when I was 18. Uh-huh. And these cats tried to snitch on me. And then I had an attorney that I had to pay for to get out that shit. And when they, when it all was going down and the investigation was happening, I got locked up. The cat came, um, one of the cats who was snitching, they had me locked up in the city. And then I got, uh, when they were getting ready to transport us to the county, they had me handcuffed to him. 
And remember, I told you they they put you in a room with everybody, yeah. and then handcuff you, and then and then wait, the and then they handcuff you, and they put you in the room with everybody. Me and this motherfucker was in the room alone, and we didn't have regular handcuffs on our hands. We had the motherfucking shackle handcuffs for your feet, so your hands can extend and move around. So they really wanted me to fuck this dude up. Uh. They was hoping for me to fuck him up. Like, this is your revenge. This is your chance to get him. You know, like I told you the other night when I was telling you about it, we get in the van and he's like, man, I don't know. You know, out of nowhere, everybody's quiet. Because when you're taking a trip to the city, to the county, you, you're not, there's no conversation. You ain't like, you ain't like Bubba Gump, you know, when he was on the bus there and talking about shrimp and shit. And then I'm having some shrimp. Like, nah, man, we, you're quiet. You know what I'm saying? You're just in your zone. This fool breaks this piercing silence. Right with, I didn't snitch on you, dog. <laughs> I didn't snitch on you. He was just like, I didn't snitch on you, dog. I don't even know. I don't know who said what or what said what. You know, whatever was what you or whatever was what, much. what. Right? And I was just like, what are you even talking about, bro? I didn't even say nothing to you about that. So these dudes in the back and that are in the other spots and shit, they was like. They're peeping game. They was like, hmm. So you could just hear them like saying shit under their breath. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I didn't say shit, so we get in there, and then we, uh, you know, get in that big ass stink ass room that they make you change. They got incense in there burning, and you gotta change out the clothes and get into the other ones and shower and all that shit. It's fucking horrible. Like I, I can't even describe how it smells and the whole vibe and that shit. But they go around the corner, they put us in another cell, and you gotta wait to get ready to go to the next spot to get classified. This this dude goes around the corner before me. And I'm finally getting done doing my whole thing. They make you, they check you and all that shit. Get around the corner. This dude is beat up. They beat the brakes off. They him. beat the dog shit out of him. And then they, and then they was like, they was like, yeah, we got, we got you, big homie. And I was like, the fuck? They was like, yeah, yeah, he snitched. They was like, there's no way. They was like, this fool just straight dry snitch on the. Yeah. And and, and I didn't and I didn't know them. Yeah. I didn't know any of those cats. Right, and so like I was like, "Fuck it," you know. And he's like, "You said you set me up." He jumped me. There was the cop, the sheriff was like, "How did he jump you? How was he involved in this?" And then none of them said anything, so they didn't do anything. They're not going to. Their job is not to get. They're like, "Nah." That's the one thing that you got to learn if you want to be on the streets. Stay with the rules. If you don't like the rules, don't play the game. Exactly. Right. So like, we get to the next. I get classified. They asked me if I got any skills in anything, and I was like, yeah, I worked in the kitchen, which I never had at that time. I was like, yeah, I work in the kitchen. You know, so then they put me in this kitchen. I'm working, doing this food, cooking for the, the police and the damn um, inmates. <laughs> and so I leave, and I go drop off this tray, and I come walking back to the kitchen. The other second number motherfucker, he comes walking out the library. And he was like, Oh shit! He was he like, should. "What's up?" He was like, "He was like, what's up, man? What's up?" I was like, "Ain't nothing up." They was like, "Man, you locked up too?" I was like, "You know I am, right? Like you know I am." And he was like, "He was like, you uh, where's your case at?" I was like, "I don't know where's that." I was like, "But I got an attorney and everything, so I don't know." It is what it is, you know. what I'm saying we're gonna see what happens. And he was like. He was like, you know I have nothing to do with nothing, right? And I was like, damn, second time, right? So I was like, I ain't got time to talk to you, man. I go in the kitchen, do my thing. A couple of days later, like I told you, I come back down. He has somebody hand me this letter. It's like eight-page fucking letter. Right. 
typed up that he typed up in the library. And you know a couple people had to read that motherfucker, <laughs> right? You just Yo. had to hand some over and not read it. <laughs> yeah, so this is the issue. Like, if you are going to dry snitch on yourself and plead your case in a way that reveals that you're a fucking yeah, you snake, don't write it down. you don't give it to somebody else in the same fucking pot as you. Uh. So it went down. I read it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I apologize. I don't know what's going on. I would never do nothing like that. Telling me all these scenarios of what could have happened or who could have told or what he thinks may have happened. All this shit writing. It's all through this fucking letter. I'm, I'm like reading it like a novel, bro. It's like this fucked up novel Jeez. that this drunk ass dude done wrote, you know? And then I was just like, whatever, man. So I keep it. I slide it in my property and leave it there. And then, you know, I got to, like, when you work in the kitchen, I got to leave and go be in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And, He's in the gym. Two other people are in the gym. I'm sitting here working out. Well, he comes in the gym Mm -hmm. later after I'm working out. And his other two come in. I'm like, the fuck? He's like, you get my letter? I was like, yeah, I got your your novel. And he was like, you believe me? I was like, hey, look. It is what it is, man. Give a fuck. You know, I wish you the best of luck the rest of your life. This... So I'm I'm turned, getting ready to do these damn bench, mm-hmm. and I turn around, and they are dinking his ass up in the corner. I mean, dinking him up, dinking the fuck up. And you can see the guard on the other side. He's watching, uh-huh. and they are dinking him up. So apparently, the other dudes told the guards. The guards found out. I'm cool with them because I'm feeding them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm hooking them up with some dope-ass fucking food because they're like, damn, you in here really cooking for us. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You yeah. know, I'm here. But they was cool. They watched him get his ass beat. So yeah, I seen some wild shit in jail. You know what I'm saying? They beat his, they beat his ass, and it's a terrible story. Like I, um, like I think it was probably like five months ago that I was going through some of my shit, and I showed my son the uh, paper, and he just fell out. And I told him the story, but I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's what happened. But if it wasn't for me being able to say to have money through all the shit I was doing and put it to the side. I would have been, I'd have been in the, and I'd have been locked up in the federal penitentiary for like 18 years. Yeah. That was what I was gonna get. That's what I was looking at. That's crazy, you man. Know? And it was fucked up. It was really fucked up because like these are people that I help eat, uh, right? People that yeah, was, that's what's even worse about that it, was man. that they was you know they had some issues and stuff was going on. I was like, well, we can make some money, but y'all got to be real careful how we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Like it's not selling no dope, but it is really legal. Yeah. And of course you know? they're gonna take it. And so, yeah, we rock with it. And so, like, and then all of a sudden, they started buying shit that they shouldn't have been buying. You don't do illegal activity, you know, if you're doing some shit like that and then go buy a fucking exotic alligators that are delivered to you from another country. Right. You don't go buy fucking vehicles that are not yet available in Colorado. Do you know what I'm saying? And then have them delivered to your house. Good fellas. Right? You don't do that kind of shit. You don't do anything out the ordinary, man. You just don't. Like... We didn't, it wasn't like, yo, we trying to ball out. It was like, yo, we got some real bad shit happening. Brothers ain't got a place to live. People got kids to take care of. Situation, it was like, all right, we're going to do this, and then we're going to fall back. You know? But nah, they took it to another level, and then they was like, yeah, he's the mastermind out of all this. And it was garbage, man. You know what I'm saying? The only reason I ever talk about it now is because it's already closed. You know, like it was already closed. Like it, it just sucks because it was so many things happening, and that's why I say my life was like a series of unfortunate fucking events that kept happening. Man, like, and that's why when it was time for me to back up for music, I was like, let me back up from this music before something happens, right? Because all these other times that I had these moments of needing to back up, I didn't do it, mm-hmm. and it's some stupid fucking happened. 
You know, I didn't, I didn't trust my gut to take care of me. I was too busy trying to take care of everybody else. And I think that's something that, that happens to us is sometimes we get in that place and we're so busy wanting to, to look out for others, we forget about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time for us to be looked out for, it ain't nowhere to be found. No, and that's kind of where we go back to is like trust no one, bro. Like honestly, I mean, I mean, I trust people, but you gotta you gotta earn my trust, yeah. right? It's different. Like levels. I gotta, that's yeah. I kind of like I figure yeah. like a one out of twenty. Like some fools are fucking. Some fools are like you know mm-hmm. just the fucking the fist pound. Yeah, and that's it. Some people are some people are a handshake <laughs> and a pull close. You know what I'm saying? And and it is that. But like right now, you know the work that I do, like I'm very, you know picky about where I spend my time yeah. you know because I really gotta I, I really gotta do I gotta do better in my life and I don't we have time for all that shit yeah. you know what I'm saying and I get people got mistakes and people are in different parts of their life where they're not quite ready to make changes and shit but I just always remind people don't wait right don't don't let yourself don't let your heart uh, down right don't when your heart's like yo man stop or don't deal with this person or cut fall back you know what I'm saying trust yourself you might not like like the the loneliness of it, or you might not like that that temporary uh, uncomfortability piece for a little bit. But you'll love what's next in store for you right. that you trusted yourself and the next thing that happens. Like I don't owe, I don't owe anybody shit, right? Like all the things and and I've said it before in other podcasts. Like the cats that I've done wrong in the past, I've I've apologized. I apologized dead ass because I was not in a good place. Right. You know, so like the things that I may have said or things that I may have done to people, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm in a different place. My bad. And we you know grown. what I'm saying? And like you grow and you get better, but I'm not going to be in that place like, yeah, from 20 years ago, I still fucking hate you for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, that was that was where we were at at the time. You know, people crossed my path in the wrong way and I was just not okay. Right. I didn't I didn't deal with certain shit the best that I could have. Right. And that was what it was, you know, and, and I tell people, you know what I'm saying, don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with you. That's kind of like, that's kind of <laughs> the way I kind of like, I view shit a lot too, man. Like, there's certain people where I just don't want to be bothered with. Yeah. Like, literally, just, I mean, I could be respectful if it comes down to that, whatever. But just leave me the fuck alone, bro. Yeah. That's going to be the best for you. It is. and then But you got those same, those same people that you try to say that to. They fuck with you. Yeah, they and poke they poke at you. And mm-hmm. they poke at you. And then when you respond, like I always tell my kids, the like, uh, like I always say this, right? You can't, um, you can't pinch somebody and then be mad that they slap the shit out of you. Right. So you can't do something and be mad at the person's response of something you shouldn't have done in the first place. Exactly. So if somebody slaps you or you slap somebody and they turn around and beat the dog shit out of you, you're like, well, that all I did was slap you. You didn't have to do all that. They did. They responded how they felt they needed to respond by you invading their, their space. You initiating it. You see what I'm saying? So like, if you don't like how somebody's going to respond, then don't do that shit. Leave people alone. It's okay, man. Walk away. It's kind of like on that keyboard. You know, you know what I mean. Keep your mouth shut. Fucking. If you ain't learned nothing right there, too, in jail. Keep Yo, your keep like mouth keep your shut. mouth shut. Don't write. Don't write letters about Fuck what you. No. Pre- so when you write something and you go, I think it could have been such and such, or whoop to whoop could have did this, or the time that I was talking to such and such, they may have thought that I said this when I right. So now you're like trying to clean your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. By saying shit like that and clean it up, but you really are just saying what you said. Exactly. You're sitting there telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? And like, I've never crossed anybody. I don't cross people. I don't do that shit. I don't, I was never in a place that I was going to do somebody dirty, mm-hmm. you know, if they didn't deserve it. Oh, so, for sure. That was just that. You know, I learned a lot and that's why I'm glad where I'm at right now. I'm glad the work that I do 
I'm glad that I'm helping people. I'm glad that I see things from a sober perspective because my whole life I wasn't sober. My whole life I was just sober. Shit, I've been sober now for quite some time. Um, Yeah, like 10 years. Congratulations, bro. Yeah, for a long time. Congrats, shit. You know? Seems like you've definitely turned a lot of stuff around, man, and you're a different place. Shit, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I was going down a bad hill. I was fucking myself up, bro. You know, well, I mean, and that's why I say trauma that shows up, it'll show up later, and you're abusing yourself as you go, trying to figure out what, why you're doing this shit and why it's happening, and you, you ain't dealt with it. That's why we need to normalize the fact that we need to talk to somebody. Yeah, definitely. You know, we need, we really do, because we're going through some shit, and I've been in the same place we were talking about earlier, where like, where you yeah. wanna, where you want help or you want to share with people, but you can't because the people that you shared it with has broken your trust, mm-hmm. and you shared like intimate things or mm-hmm. things that are very personal and and that hurt, right? You don't let anybody and in you like don't, that. right? So and then so, do. and then when they reject it, you don't do it again. Nah. So then, whatever you got going on, it just compounds. It gets worse and worse and worse, and you get sicker and sicker, and you get more jaded and more bitter and more angry, and you hate life, and then you start doubting yourself, and then before you know it, you don't care whether you live or die. You know? Yep, yep. We gotta, we all gotta be stronger than that. You know? That's it. We just got. I mean, people just gotta give a fuck. We just don't give a fuck. We gotta care, and we don't know how to care. No one cares. They care about their phone. They care about shit. <laughs> Man, I've seen people who somebody's like, because you know, there's no pay phones anymore, right? Yeah. Like you can't go walk and make a phone call. I've seen people who have frantically needed a phone, and been asking, so can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Uh, no, no, no. No, you cannot. Like, can you just hold it and dial the number for me and shit? Yeah, that's, that's They're my... like, no, no, no. Like, this is what we've become, right? Like, you can't even make a fucking phone call. Right. That's that's ill to me. I'm like, damn. You could tell somebody's in need of something and you're going to just say no. Like, you can even hold the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, don't touch me. Don't touch my phone. What's the number? Yeah. <laughs> I'll hold it for you. Or even, even what I've heard, you know, the new thing now is let someone get robbed or get something going down. Ain't no one helping you. They're pulling out their phones and recording it. Yeah. It's a story, man. I was getting ready to leave out of town and we went into this uh we went into this um IHOP. The lady was like, Can't come in here without a mask and I was like, uh, the people behind you don't have one on. And she was like, You have to have one to come in here. I'm like, Well, they all sitting down five feet away from you with no mask on eating. I said, Why can't I just go sit down and act like I took mine off? Uh-huh. She's bugging out. She's like, get out of my store. Thank you. Have a good day, sir. Have a good day, sir. So I go to the next spot and I go in there and I sit down. It's a Mediterranean spot, you know, a Greek spot. And I get some food. We're sitting there. And next thing you know, like I hear this loud scream and then this smash and bang. Right. And I turn around and they're looking down at the ground and I can hear the dude. Right. He's tensed up and I can hear him. I'm like, he's having a seizure. So I go walk around the thing, and as I'm walking around, people are getting up out of their seat recording him, and I get back there where he's at. I get back there where he's at, and then I straddle him so I'm not, like, like keeping him restricted, but so that he doesn't hit his head as he's going through his thing. And I'm telling him, like, you're having a seizure. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. And the owner is just sitting there looking. I'm like, call the ambulance, man. Yeah. I'm like, call the ambulance. Like, And so even some of the damn staff is just sitting there. The other staff in the back are still just cooking. And then one of them has his phone out and then everybody else on the other side have their phone out. This is what it's come to. You know what I'm saying? Finally the ambulance come. You know what I'm saying? Finally the ambulance come. Get him. 
And then the dude um, doesn't tell him his name. I was like, can you go get his employee information and tell him his name so that this Mexican, um, this Latin, this Latino doesn't go to uh, to the hospital as a John Doe? Yeah. Because they're going to treat him like shit. Can you call his family and let his family know what's going on so he don't walk into this hospital as a John Doe yeah. with no name because he, cause he's going through this? I was like, hell no. What is his name? Write it down on a piece of paper and give it to them and hand it to them and put another piece of paper in his fucking pocket. So that they so and not only that y'all call because it's your employee you call his family and let him know where he's being right. transported to, because I've seen them. You go in as a John Doe, black or Latino, guess what? Your treatment is next to nil, and you are gonna wait and wait and wait and wait. See what I'm saying? And at that point they're like, "Here's your food." I'm like, "Shit, I ain't even hungry. Let me just wrap this shit up and go." Yeah. You know, so I get on the plane. I'm I'm flying to D.C. You know, to go to go take care of some things and, and I'm just sitting in my head and I'm on the flight like like we fucking suck. Nah, yeah. Like as people we suck. And it just broke my heart because I'm like if I if I would have been at IHOP mm-hmm. and the woman didn't kick me out, I was supposed to be in the other place. She kicked me out her 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 hatred put me in the place I was supposed to be. It's to save somebody. Yeah, her hatred put me in the place to be where I was supposed to be. You know, and that's why I always am, am, am like, when the wind pushes you a different direction, go. Right? If it's mm-hmm. if you feel a strong inkling to like be like, do it, do it. Right? You're 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 you. Ha- we have to trust ourselves more than we trust everybody else, and more than we want to be seen. Right? Because everybody goes and does stuff. They're around places that they want to be seen in, and it doesn't benefit them. But like, there's times where I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Or I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Something happens falls through and I just stop at that moment I'm like there's too many things happening right now for me to continue doing what I'm about to do I'm not gonna do shit right I'm gonna stop you know and those moments have been the moments that there's been the most impactful things that have changed my life right you know and I'm tired bro I'm tired of the fuckery I'm tired of like the the violence I'm tired of like everything I experience I'm tired of all the loss that I've endured you know what I'm saying? Like, I've lost so many damn people to the point that when I hear that somebody's dead, I don't even flip. Ain't even, yeah. I don't even trip no more. I'm just like, shit, all right, what do we need to do? How much money we need to invest? I'll cook some food. I'll start on this right away. Where's the funeral going to be at? Are they, doing a, are they doing a viewing? Are they cremating? <laughs> are they already going to go mode like that? Oh, yeah. I don't just freak out. It's like I don't even have it in me no more to do that. It's just it's like what yo, society's kind of done to us, you know. Yeah, I mean, it just you like know, you said, dumb. a lot of us are heartless, and why? Because it's just been the same thing, one thing after another, one thing after another, and we're eating ourselves. We're yeah. just being fed ourselves, and you know, we're just losing it. And it's been a hard road, you know. And I um, <clears throat> just realized like how many, how many people's lives I could change if I just stay up, right? Right. If I just stay awake, not not being like I don't sleep. But you know what I mean. If hey, I stay yeah, vigilant and I'm available, you know, and I'm like, all right, you ready to, you know, I've been talking to you for 10 years now, and now you're ready? Cool, let's go, right? Instead of being like, I've been talking to you for 10 years, man. Miss me with that shit. Yeah. Nah, we have to change still the way we are approach, and we just wait. Because if we're here, we can still do the same thing we was going to do before, right? Or we should be able to. Mm-hmm. We should be able to do it even better. For sure, for sure. Well, shit, you know? man, we've talked a ton. 
Yeah, man, it's been good. I'm glad that we got a chance to. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad we got a chance that I saw you over at that show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Always and, a pleasure, man. At his restaurant, man. So it's good to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. You and know if, what I'm if y'all saying? don't know, and next so, month they got Elder Sensei and Sadat X. On the show? Oh, they got a show. I think it's next Oh, yeah, show. over at Statuses. Yeah, yeah. Statuses. Yeah, you know what day it is by chance? I don't. I'm going to have to look it up for you. Looks like that show is May 6th, so that's next month. And it's at Bar Red over there right across right from the Capitol, the jail. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> I don't know the jail too much, but I know what jail is. You know that's what I mean? the new jail. The yeah. old jail was hell, bro. Let's not even get started on that. Oh, not yet, yeah, bro. old city jail. But shit, man, we're going to wrap this up. You got any kind of final thoughts? Any shout-outs, bro? Uh, Shout-out to Stat. Shout-out to Manic. It was good to see him. Um, samurai guy. Yeah, man. Shout out to Holiday over there, chilling, yeah. doing Can't his wait thing. Can't to hear some more music, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to shoot me he some got, new He got music, a bunch bro. of stuff. He has so this dude has he's so much young, stuff. Yeah, he got he's so young. much stuff that is that's chilling in the cut. I mean, uh, like, yes, what you got to do is have him uh, on the show and talk to him and do a little sure, show with him sure. so that he can share what he got going on. Nah, for sure, man. Just What's hit this? me up. We'll make it happen, bro. Huh? Just dropped tonight. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Oh yeah. That's what's up. Well, shit, man. I, I told you at the very beginning. This cat got bars for days, so he's gonna definitely he's gonna bless us, man, and he's gonna spit some shit for y'all. Yeah, I'm gonna spit. We some. got like a little B right here, man. I'm gonna put it on for y'all, and he's gonna teach y'all new school booty ass motherfuckers. I'm gonna take to, these off because I can't really hear it. it. Yeah, for sure. Two. Ozma. Can you turn that up a little yep. bit? This is Odie, but Goody. I'm gonna go back a little bit. All right. On the streets, they keep us set up and break us till we can't get up and rape us, mentally rip us, eventually they gon' clip us. Simple to see the symptom, you broke, you gon' be pimping, so dope, not to mention you robbing, you stealing, you mobbing and you killing and you feeling that your problem is the reason that you freezing. On the street, hustling and pleading, busting and bleeding, fussing and cheating, rush to get even, bussy ain't breathing, smoking gum but no reason, broken, dumb, fucking heathen, the streets is hot, no one's leaving, suburban kids is believing, leaving home and competing with kids, grew up on streets, gon' turn them into some G's. And rappers, but play your please Gun clappers, bring them to knees Why the fuck is the street so glamorous? You got feds come slamming us up against the wall Down against the ground Hush your mouth, you won't be found Do you trust your ounce, so take it down Trust the police, gonna take it downtown Do you trust you won't be found Gag, drown, you got them pants, get down Gay shells drop to the ground But brothers don't wanna be involved So they ain't heard a sound Pound puppies try to run with all them big barkers Pussy puppy punks end up under grave markers Devils always mark us as good or bad Saint or mad No man's living in hell's pad Faggish black Black nigga talking about his bad Walking around broke from the government stab Loving the jab Tyson all the way to the pen They was loving him back then Believing they always gonna make a nigga's good time in Like Nathan Dunlap Got the case of the system's collapse And he ain't getting rid of that And that's the motherfucking haps Niggas so caught up in their negativity End up in the chair of electricity Last erection Maybe it's by lethal injection Cause he didn't get corrected In the facility of corrections No objection just a reflection of a dark complexion in the midst of God's suggestion. Die, switch, hearing souls cry. Why, why was I hypnotized to die? They couldn't see, cause they was B-L-I-N-D. Trying to be I-N-C-N-I-G-I-T-O-P-O, knocking on your dough. Let me in by the hair of my chinny chin chin. We heard that you've been pushing them 20 twin twins. No warrant for the search. You caught by the nigga with the telling curse. What could be worse? 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 
could be worse Cause I ain't never had a champagne wish Or dreamt caviar, be a star Man, the folks around me, I don't know who they are Get in my car and wanna ride Why would I wanna ride with some fools I ain't even know who wanna rub elbows, huh? Asti, Spumanti, Don Perry, none Niggas gun pop, Pinocchio's nose grows Now stop the lies I did some shit and never talked about it afterwards From what them curds could've been federal indictment words And I know you know how them folks be They be T-E-L-L-I-N-G For what it's worth, nobody but me And my F-A-M-A-L-I-L-I-E Come on There you have it That's right Fucking bars from Ozma Don't get no crazier than that Good looking out, man. Good for having me on your show, bro. Uh, yeah, appreciate you, brother. That's what's up. Like I said, we're on all platforms. What's your social? You don't have a social media, man. No, no social media presence. You can find me on LinkedIn, motherfucker. LinkedIn. <laughs> That's it. There you have it. Your boy Joe Thunder, Smoke with Joe Thunder podcast. We are out of here. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>